I'm Tim Parker from Chula Vista Brewery. I'm Brandon Rogers from Reviews on Brews. Today, we have two special guests, power couple, Marty and Virginia. And we are Brewer's Voice. All right, let's get this started. Uh, like I said, we got a, I call y'all a power couple. <laughs> All right, there's two of y'all, double-headed dragons. All right, Marty and Virginia. So I like to just start from the beginning, give a little brief on, you know, I mean, since y'all a couple, let's start. How, y- how did y'all even meet? I mean, because I know my story. I, I was drunk downtown, and my wife took advantage of me. But Marty, so I'm going to start with you, Marty. What's the true story? Oh, oh wait. So Marty will give his version, and then I'll right. give it's the real It's always two one. versions. <laughs> well, uh, believe it or not, we met in a brewery. Um, I had uh, brewed at Rock Bottom in La Jolla for 15 years. and um, I mean, I knew of Virginia. She was coming in with a, a group of friends for happy hour once or twice a week, every once in a while, but it's always a big group, and I was usually on my way out, because I typically would work like eight to eight to five or six, and I'd be on my way out, and so I kind of knew of each other, but um, never really talked too much, and um, uh, one day, she was at the bar by herself at like three in the afternoon, and she was drinking a, a porter. Don't judge me. And uh, <laughs> I was we waiting for a massage. We don't, we don't judge here. We don't judge here. Order for the massage. Right. That's, that's a good choice. Got uh, pushback. Bartender, at, I was single, you know, and the bartender said, hey, that's a, uh, that's a, what's her name, isn't it? Uh, everyone calls, sometimes people call her Victoria. And they get Virginia mixed My up. My alter ego. And uh, She's ornery, though. And he, he mentioned, like, <laughs> why don't you go talk to her? And I was like, okay. And then I did. And it was it was literally the first or, or maybe the second San Diego Beer Week. Yeah. And at that time, there was, it was really highly unorganized. And just people were doing a couple tappings and getting a special beer here and there. And, um, you know, right down the street, one place that um, was one of the first in North Park to have a good beer. It was called the, uh, the Ritual Tavern. And it just happens to be next door to our our second chance beer lounge now it's called the working class now but um at the time the couple running that was really really cool and they uh had good beer on i, I mentioned virginia hey do you, why do you want to go down and uh it's sano beer week which means there's some special beers here and there and I, i'd like to go down to the ritual and so we met there for uh for uh, like a happy hour yeah. and um he asked me for a beer, not a date, just to be clear. And so I showed up having already eaten and thinking like, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy's girl, you know? Like I've had lots of male friends, so I did not understand that Marty intended for this to be a date. So that was pretty fun. Because about halfway through, I was like, oh gosh. He asked like, so, you know, you're beautiful, you're smart, like why are you still single? I'm like, oh shit. This is the date. <laughs> like the real questions, right? Okay. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, and man, I told her, I you know, actually, all those times, you didn't think you were on a date, but when a guy asks a girl out for, for a drink, that's a date. They're, they're yeah, thinking, date. yeah, this is a possible uh, something could possibly happen here. Yeah. yeah. And um, so, yeah, I was saying, come on, don't be so naive. You were on many dates you didn't know you were on, <laughs> and uh, just halfway through, I finally was just like. Uh, started asking her some questions, and then she realized, oh. So that was like our first not date. Um, And so we we left, you know, like a little hug, nothing big, because we 
we knew each other, of each other, not really knew each other. And then um, I called my girlfriend on the way home. She's like, what'd you do tonight? I was like, I think I went on a date with Marty. And she's like, Brewer Marty? And I'm like, yeah, he asked me for a beer. And I think it was a date. Um, and she was like, holy shit. I'm like, I know. So then, you know, fast forward, I was looking at my calendar at this time. I was practicing law and uh, had a very um, hectic schedule. So the next opportunity I had to see him was the Ohio State-Michigan game. And I was going to be with my girlfriend, Robin, and our friend, Greg. And I was like, ooh, let's see if the friends approve of him. So I invited him, not knowing he was an Ohio State fan. And I'm a Michigan fan. <laughs> I'm the real fan. I actually went to Michigan. Yeah. No, I did not go to Ohio State, but was born in Ohio. And my family always rooted for Ohio State. And so it's, a, it's at 9 a.m. It's always the last game of the season. It's a big rivalry, football rivalry. Uh, probably the biggest in the, in the, in the country. Definitely the biggest. And, uh, so yeah, nine o'clock at a bar in PB, and you know, I Marty's not a morning person, but he up, got up. I show up kind of uh, generic. I wasn't wearing, you know, I'm not fanatical because obviously I didn't go there, and I, I, it's just for fun. But we enjoy. It. We have Ohio State Michigan flag up in our brewery, and people ask about it all the time because there's a lot of people from the Midwest uh, roaming around San Diego, right, a lot. living yeah, here. Rolling. Yeah. I'm, I'm hey. one of those. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, we we uh, had a good good time, and we started been together ever since. Obviously, the friends approved. Right, <laughs> friends <Yes>. approved. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can can we officially call that that those dates, or are we still gonna struggle on whether it was? Dates? <laughs> <laughs> you know, depending on when you ask right. us, it was the first date. Yeah. All right, cool, cool. So at some point, you was already brewing. So how did you get into? At what point did y'all say, you know what, we gonna start? Because I'm taking it, y'all started together, so y'all decided to do this together, that I'm about to open up a brewery. Yeah, so little known fact, I actually homebrewed between undergrad and law school and loved craft beer myself. So when Marty and I started dating, and even when I moved to San Diego, I was like, holy shit, like I struck gold here. This is like a mecca. Um, and then Marty makes amazing beer, so that was just kind of um, a bonus. Uh, but he had been talking about opening a brewery for some time. Um, and when I came on the scene, I was like, look, you know, I've got a business background, law degree. I can help you if you want to do that. Or otherwise, you probably need to think about what else to do because Rock Bottom was a very manual uh, brewery. And we're not getting any younger. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it is. It's, um, it, it, and I really enjoyed the brew, the brew pub atmosphere. Um, you know, I ended up working for Rock Bottom for 17 years total, and it's just cool to see people, as you know, um, and you know, enjoying, uh, you know, beer with their friends or family in your in your space. And I just saw all the time people, you know, kind of coming together um, after work or whatever, and and you know, kind of bonding outside of work over over beer, and um, it, it just it just felt good and. I, I kind of wanted to replicate that because I figured I could do, I knew what, what was working, but I could do it, you know. But opening a restaurant is a lot harder <laughs> than just opening a, a brewery. So for the first few years, um, you know, our, our original partner, uh, Curtis, and I were, you know, we basically wanted to do a, a rock bottom except for have the 
you know, bury more on the outside. So you could still kind of do, uh, you know, some canning and get some kegs out. But, you know, the majority would go out through, through the tap room. And um, kind of like a, the, a Bagby had, has kind of accomplished that with the brewery kind of in the back. So they could still, um, although he doesn't really can too much, but I think he has a little can. But anyway, the... Uh, um, just was struggling, like nothing was pr progressing with the business. And you know, this is like 20, 2010, 11, 12. Finally, Curtis and I were like, well, let's, let's just drop the restaurant and just try to get a, a brewery open. And then we started to progress. You know, 2013, 14, we were uh, you know, raising money, and Virginia was kind of guiding us, but not fully, you know, um, not fully full-time participant in the brewery yet. No, because, um, you know, smart people don't always work with their spouses. We're going to get to that. Let's lament, because you call us a power couple, I'm like right, right back right. at you, honey. We're going to get to that. <laughs> so we kept going, we kept going. We had, you know, eventually some things started falling into place and found a, found a spot, started raising some money, got equipment, got going. And at the, at the time, Virginia was... Um, Know, working uh, remote for for a company, um, and we, were, we had extra space, so we we're like, "Why don't you put your office furniture in our in our office at the brewery?" Oh, that's a and, slick move, right? Yeah. There. Right, I, like I know. Easy way. Right. <laughs> and then little by little, be like, "Hey, do you have a second? What is what does this uh, contract mean, and what does this mean?" And so she started uh, helping us more and more, and. Um, you know, eventually got to the point after, was it a year or two years? The, the three of us sat down and we were like, well, uh, we understood that my, my strong point, yes, I can make, I can make a good beer. Um, I'm, I'm much more comfortable like working with my hands. I like cook, I like to make beer, I like woodworking, I like stuff like that. I'm not really very good at managing people. Um, and that whole thing, dealing with uh, the city or dealing with, you know, that, that's just not my, my forte. And Curtis was much more analytical. And then Virginia was much more, you know, leadership uh, uh, minded and was able to uh, uh, more organized and, you know, creating meetings and, you know, get, getting things done and, and, and. The get shit done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the so, business side. <laughs> yeah, the business side. Yeah. So while I can. Uh, uh, and I've learned a lot because going from a brew pub to production, mostly production brewery, has been a, a challenging uh, thing. You have to, you know, can't always make exactly the beers you want. You have to do some compromises, and um, I've learned I've learned a lot. Um, but yeah, without without Curtis and, and Virginia, it would never have, uh, have transpired the way the way we've gotten to the point where we are now. Um, and then the last two years, pandemic really threw a wrench in, especially as a, uh, as a, uh, well, both a production brewery and a place where people gather. And so we've had our, it's been up, up and down. And, um, you know, sometimes you just want to give up. Sometimes you, you have these victories where we're, we're so happy because we're back open. And it's been, it's been crazy. Right. It's definitely been a roller coaster for it, us. Definitely. So, Virginia, what's your side of the story on how he suckered you into the brewery? <laughs> yeah, when did you, like, really transition over? Yeah, so, you know, I had my 
uh, office there, and um, I was at the time, I had left the private practice of law and went in-house for a client um, doing fertility supplements, ironically enough. I don't want children, but it brought me a lot of joy to help people have them. Um, and then I started getting like C-suite experience. So, you know, started as a director, worked myself up uh, to a vice president level, and then moved to a competitor, also a vice president level. Um, and I really loved that business, but, you know, as Marty alluded to, I was working for a company that was out of Washington, and I think as a lot of us have grown to appreciate over the last couple years, it's just not the same when you don't, you know, have a team that you're able to be with pretty frequently. And I loved craft beer, and, um, and I just saw the potential uh, that we had at Second Chance. And so at one point, as I had pretty much started working two full-time jobs with, like, trying to hold down mine and then doing what I was doing for Second Chance, I just told Marty, I was like, look, I'm going to drive off a cliff. We got to make a decision. <laughs> like, I'm coming in or I'm going to probably, like, relocate my office because I couldn't not get involved. Um, and we decided for me to come in, and uh, I love it. I love it so much. So, so, but some type of magic happened between all this, what I, I want to ask. So you two started dating. So when did y'all decide to get married? Yeah. Or did he just use and abuse you and you forced him <laughs> to marry? No, so this, this is actually a fun story. So I don't know. We hadn't been dating that long. And um, some people might uh, know that I'm a mindfulness practitioner. And uh, I had just really started getting into meditation and yoga and decided I wanted to go to India for a month and hole up in a cave and ohm it out. So I, I said to Marty, I was like, hey, would you want to go to India for a month? He's like, I think I have the vacation time, but that doesn't really sound like a vacation. <laughs> and so uh, fast forward, he came with me, and uh, that is, in fact, where he proposed. Oh, nice. Wow. In silence. Because we were in Mona. It was like a period of silence. So, so I always you, joke that he got off easy. Yeah, so, you, so she never actually said yes? <laughs> <laughs> quick nod, Still debatable. Like. <laughs> yeah, and I had a very expensive ring, and I... <laughs> I was thinking, well, in my backpack, you don't really want a, a fancy ring box. Yeah. Right. And I had it in like a, um, like a gum, a uh, pack of gum. And it's like wrapped up and then in a gum. Luckily, like, like she didn't throw that gum away. Yeah, oh, no. no but like, also, too. In, in retrospect, it was kind of almost as risky as having a fancy. Because uh, Indians ring. love American gum because we have all oh. of the nasty shit in it, right? right. Like, and you have their gum there and it tastes like paper. So that would have probably been one of the things that they would that have taken. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, now we understand Indian culture, there's not a lot of theft going on, um, especially not in a pilgrimage town like we were in. So, yeah, so we got engaged in India, had a year-ish, year and a half engagement, um, got married, and we got married in October of 2012, which means we're coming up on 10 years. Oh, nice, And nice. we're going to do a little vow renewal at the brewery. Oh, nice. That's well, awesome. Look at yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. I know, I know. Yeah. Well, that's very good. And we actually got married at a brewery at Carl Strauss Brewery in, in Sorrento Valley, and we've known the uh, uh, you know Chris Kramer and Matt Ratner and and uh, Paul Segura, all the all the founders and brewmasters at Carl Strauss have been good friends of ours over the years. Helped us with some business advice uh, periodically and. Um, yeah, so we still we still pop in there 
a while. But yeah, no, at, the, at 2012, I still was, you know, I had it good at Rock Bottom. I had it, I was a regional brewer. I used to travel around and check on other brewers and do performance reviews and taste their beers and check their procedures. And, you know, I've been to, you know, over 20 great American beer festivals and craft brewers conferences. And, you know, I, they really uh, took care of, the, of, of their people at the, at the times. Things started to change uh, later on as it, uh, as, as it sometimes does with the corporations. Got bought into Gordon Beerish and Rock Bottom became one company. And things started to change. They were really mostly concerned about the bottom line and not so much the, the beer. The quality. And the individuality of each, of each location. And so that got to be a little... Uh, I started to think, like, all right, it's about time. It's, I've been here yes. a long time. It's time Road's to maybe Road's coming move. to an end, right. kind of thing. Time to so find a new That's, that's when new it right. really got intense, around 2013, 14, and then we finally were able to open in, in 2015. And, yeah. I mean, what was the mindset to get you to get over the hump to say, you know what, I'm going to open up a brewery on my own? Because a lot of people don't get past that thought. A lot of people just have this great thought of doing something great. Yeah. And then don't execute it. They just think about it. But you two decided to, hey, I'm going to go for it and, and do it. Yeah, I'd like to think that I had some hand in that because I'm a doer. <laughs> and I was like, you got to shit or get off the pot. You can't continue to talk about it. Like, make a decision. If you don't want to open a brewery, then maybe look at, you know, working for another bigger brewery and being, you know, head of production or something. Um, and I think it... I had owned my own law firm, so I had a bit of experience being a business owner, but it takes an incredible amount of courage, as you know, to be an entrepreneur. And um, I think together we thought we can do it. And, you know, I, in some ways I think we have the privilege of not having children, so we have a brewery, we have our dog, we foster. Um, and so the brewery's been what we've been able to build and grow together and in a lot of ways it's like children yeah shits yeah, on yeah. you keeps you up late at night yeah. worries the hell out of you does things you do not expect or want so um yeah the business for us has been a way to uh really de you know develop our relationship and and kind of cultivate this beautiful yeah like bonds you two together a little stronger mm -hmm. that's awesome mm -hmm. yeah, yeah cool. there are times when we thought it would break our marriage and ultimately i think we're stronger for it when i like yeah. I'm sometimes, <laughs> and I'm sure the same is true. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, and especially over the last two years. But in normal times, there's already already stress. Last two years has made it just yeah. We're, sometimes we just thought this is we're just not gonna we're not gonna make it. Um, but we also have a pretty incredible team. We were just commenting on the fact that our leadership team has stuck with us for the last two years, and um, it's pretty remarkable that they are. Uh, you know, I, I, I mean, it's the thing about beer is it's it's uh, the craft beer community, as you know, is it's different, a little bit different. Even though we are uh, competitors, there's still some like uh, people help each other. There's still compatriots. Um, although that's changed a bit. It's gotten a little bit more cut, cutthroat business. <laughs> yeah. business we're mature uh, as an industry, right? Yeah. Like, but it, it, but it's still, you know, I'm. As a lawyer, and I did employment law, like I would, you know, was counsel for UPS and Sony and Walmart, don't hate me, um, and a bunch of small companies. And 
there's no other industry like this one. That people genuinely care for each other, rely upon each other, work together, borrow, you know. Um, it's, it's remarkable, and it's the reason why I couldn't imagine really being in any other industry, you know, sitting across from you two. I'm like, you're my peeps! Yeah. All right, I appreciate yeah. that. I love that that's, we're only 20 minutes in, just to give a little, like, behind the veil. But so far, of all the podcasts, that's like one of the earliest things that people bring up so far is there's always that compatriotism and, and everyone helps out. Everyone doesn't mind lending something, hops, malt, any, brewers. Um, so I, I like to shout that out. That's my favorite thing so far of interviewing all of y'all. Like I get to hear that. It act, it's nice to hear people say it, but then it's obviously like you can actually see it. Yeah. And you do see it in, throughout San Diego, which is nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I all think right. you were... Um very brave uh, coming into this because I, I had a little bit of advantage is that I, I had, you know, I was a head brewer in San Diego in 1999. So when I was first going to Brewers Guild meetings, which was sometimes 10 or 15 people, but there was like, you know, some, you know, the leaders of San Diego Brewing, Tommy Arthur, Jeff Bagby, Tom Nichol, um, uh, you know, Paul Segura, um, um, you know, and, and going to all these uh, meetings. Colby so early. Chandler. I think that's who you were thinking. Colby oh, Chandler. Colby, yeah. yeah. President, <laughs> president for many years. Um, yeah, Doug Hasker at, at Gordon Beers, Puesto. So before I even had the, the thinking of doing my own brewery, I'd already I'd had some good. You had some um, good mentors there. Yeah, there. And, and I developed some nice uh, uh, relationships. So I felt like uh, we could always count on, you know, I could always ask people for, if I need yeast or ask people if I need hops. And, and sure enough, we did. Yeah, that, the first couple years was all about uh, scrounging around, finding, finding hops, finding yeast. Um, Can we disclose now where our first pitch of yeast came from? The first pitch of yeast was... Uh, well, and it's because it's from a massive tank at Ballast Point. It was from a sculpture <laughs> tank. Yeah. That's funny. And I remember uh, Yusuf was still there. This is all pre, uh, pre-sale. Pre-billion. And, yeah. And uh, he had arranged uh, very, very sweetly to, uh, for me to meet with someone I didn't know, a, a brewer. And he, like, walked me through, and I had my, my kegs and, ding, 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 you know, walking through. And out of these massive tanks, we... We harvested yeast, and that's how we got started. Wow. Um, and we've learned a lot of things since then, how to you know, you know, better you know, manage our own yeast and not, not you know, go around. But we help, we help out here and there. I know, um, I think we gave you guys some yeast. Yeah, you gave in, us some yeast. Early, <laughs> early days. I, was just, I was wondering, like, were you guys our first pitch of yeast? It was, it was either you guys or Bob's Point yeah. that gave us our first pitch of yeast. Do so. you remember what it was from? What beer it was from? Mm. I know we did. A, our first beer we made was a red. Okay. Red out. Oh, could it have been legally red or mulligan? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But that's the year you won for a, G, a GABF for y'all red. Which year? <laughs> I'm just being a good question. We was going to get into that later. <laughs> red, 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 red. I think that was 2017. 2017. Yeah, we opened, yeah, we opened up in 2017. Can I Borrow a buddy, please. You or not borrow it. I'm gonna take yeah. it, open it, right. and drink it. <laughs> you split this one? Uh, yeah, we can split that one. Let me let me, let me finish that one, and then uh, oh yeah, I got glasses over there. Uh, yeah, so 
let's talk a little bit more about the beer scene. So, you guys opened in when? 2012? 2015. 2015? Yeah. All right, so you opened up in 2015. How was it coming out of the gate? Like, like for me, I know my first year was a rough first year. Uh, and because, like Marty said, I, I was coming straight from the Navy. And yeah. I never, I knew how to homebrew, but I sure hell never brewed on the on actual system before. Yeah, so I mean, I think there were um, there were some privilege, absolutely, because of Marty's reputation and um, presence and being part of the community for so long. You know, that definitely gave us a leg up. Um, we had a lot of notoriety. You know, it's like, ah, oh, and it was a good story of second chances, right? Marty had been with Rock Bottom for so long, and now he was going out and having his second chance to be independent and craft and on his own. Um, but it was also really challenging, you know, like starting a business and trying to build, you know, a team, a family, like within your company and then a community outside. And um, for better and worse, there's not many other breweries around us. You know, it's um, abnormals kind of close. Um, and we're in this like light industrial commercial area. So unless you drive by, you don't even really see us if you drive by unless you know that we're there. Um, so it was, it was really beautiful the day that we opened because we'd been under construction for a lot of months <laughs> um, and people would stop in and be like, oh my God, is this a brewery? Is this going to be a brewery? And so they, Northrop Grumman and, and some of the Poway Unified School District, there were people that knew that we were opening on our opening day. And so I remember sitting like at my desk, looking out the window and, you know, whatever time it was, three or four or something, like my heart is beating because I'm like, we've built it. Will they come? Yeah. <laughs> um, and all of a sudden I see this parade of people coming from both, because we're at an intersection of innovation uh, and avenue of science. You can't make that shit up, right? <laughs> so you see people like walking down and marching like groups from the businesses and, um, you know, I got super emotional because I'm like, oh my God, they are here. They're coming. And, and I knew that we were building a community. You know, the one thing that Rock Bottom, Marty and I met there, like we still have some of our closest friends are from being at that space. Oh, yeah. And I still see on um, Facebook, um, you know, uh, uh, servers and hostesses and stuff having babies now and people commenting about this. And this is like, you know, 20 years later. Amazing. Yeah. So we wanted to build that type of community and, um, you know, uh, love and family and uh, accountability and all of that within the space. And to, you know, the, I was uh, talking with someone the other day and I'm like, the first private event we ever hosted was a baby shower. <laughs> and we've had one-year-old parties. We've had six-year-old parties. We've had retirements. We've had weddings. We've had um, rehearsal dinners, like so many like special occasions that people choose to celebrate with us, and I don't take that um, for granted. Like it's it's a privilege that people feel like our space welcomes them in that way. I think a lot of people miss that for breweries of how much I think if you're a good brewery, a lot of them have that connection where people feel like it's home for them. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think I said this in the last podcast. I'm gonna say it again. I got a, a very young couple. They met at the brewery, got engaged at the brewery, <laughs> and now. But he was military, so he's over. He's over on the other side of the coast. But they they still send us posts and updates Aww. of you know 
the, the baby now and it's like it's like oh man this is all happened in five years and but you know we just we got pictures of him hanging up in the wall yeah. um and every year we get a postcard it's like when are they when are they coming back to san diego yes, that's beautiful <laughs> but, it, it, but yeah i totally feel that and understand that so uh you got the brewery open you got a, a 30 barrel system right yeah. right that's a big system that's, That's a big system. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Coming out of the gate. I was, kinda, I, was I was just thinking about this when we talked about opening and everything because, you know, so much of the, you know, it took a couple years, 20, all 2013 and 14, coming up with the business plan, trying to raise um, money, find a place, get equipment. And so we were really, you know, we kind of knew what we were doing, but we kind of didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> we did not know what we were doing. <laughs> and I'm going to say, like, I wasn't that involved. But. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I have a lot of industry friends who had, you know, I have a couple friends that worked for Rock Bottom for many years, 15, 18 years, and they opened their own breweries around the, the country. And, you know, I was talking, I, you know, mentioning, like, we're probably looking at, like, a 15 or 20 barrel system and, and, and uh, know certain amount of square feet maybe eight or ten thousand square feet and so on and then they kind of mentioned well you know 30 barrel system is not that much more expensive and it doesn't take up hardly any more space but you can make a <laughs> lot more beer with a 30 and um so we and mind you this was a completely different time right that was well, also 13 14 is the, the formation so then by yeah. the time 2015 was we were opening you know we kind of had a plan we kind of had to go stick with it because we had ordered the equipment yeah, and it's coming so i would say that would be the one thing was probably i would do differently would be to be a, a little bit smaller out of, out of the gate smaller uh space and um and maybe save some of that money for, for more uh, tasting rooms or maybe have a tasting room with the kitchen like you've done here i was gonna say do like chula vista yeah. did because you guys that, have done an amazing job. Thank you. Of course, thank you. you don't know you don't know the pandemic is coming. Right. Magic eight ball doesn't exactly sure that's a yeah. mild understatement. Right. That's, that's a that's a thing too. But even even without that, I just I I think like distribution. We didn't realize how how hard of a game it is in in distribution at large and, scale. Yeah, with cans and, and chains uh, and you know the. the the retail, you know, selling your own beer at retail versus wholesale prices is just like a night and day difference. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I don't know that we fully appreciated that at, at the time because with distribution, you know, you see some of the more successful uh, distributors around town, like your, of course, Stone and Carl Strauss and Nail Smith and you know, Pizza Board, of course, but they're, they're making a lot. You know, you got to move a lot of beer. Yeah. Right. A lot. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that that kind of takes away from what our love is is with the the, the, the tap rooms, the um, you know the community, and and you know having beer out in in throughout the community is awesome. I mean, I'm always I always am <laughs> like shocked and uh, humbled when I see our beer on tap somewhere that I don't know, and I'm like, oh, it's our beer. I have to, I have to, I have to order it, of course. And uh, so it's it's that's a that's a cool feeling, but uh, yeah, that was a thing we didn't really know. We yeah. we 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 might have been a little more, a little bit more smaller and nimbler, nimbler, um, more nimble. 
<laughs> I do the same thing all the time. Semantics. I'm always like, like what did I just... We're editing this. I'm like, what did I just say? So exactly. don't worry. Yeah, and, uh, you know, because you, you could do, you know, sometimes we can't do a small batch of something because it's, you know, we can do 20 barrels on our system, but anything less than that doesn't, just doesn't really work well with the, the, the size of the kettle and, and stuff. And so that's, you know, 20 barrels is, you know, it's still... 40 it's kegs or beer, whatever yeah. with weights, 35 kegs. And, you know, just if that's not going to get sold and, and it's only going to the tap room, that can last a, a few months. So, it, it, you know, as a brewer, I like to do a lot of, lot of different things, a lot of different styles. And so that's been a little bit uh, restrictive. Yeah, I was going to say, is that like a little bit of a struggle? Because you, you want to brew like fun, innovative beers, but you also have to keep to your core and obviously distribute to the core. <laughs> so. Funny you mentioned that because I think that is one of the things that, um, you know, I'm a lawyer, business person. I did not know anything about marketing, branding, or really, you know, the power of focus. (laughs) So we've had anywhere between, you know, four to six core beers. And then, you know, prior to the pandemic, we thought we were doing good if we released like six limiteds. And then during the pandemic, we had like 19 cans at one time because that's all we were doing. And, you know, coming out of it, I think one thing that our whole team, um, our leadership team has started to get behind is we got to focus. And, you know, Second Chance lends itself to so much. Like, you can do so many things with that. We started out and we wanted to be sustainability and green. And so 90% of all of our furnishings in both locations, upcycle, recycle, repurpose, live in their Second Chance. Um, and then we were like, okay, let's branch out. Cause I'm like a philanthropist, you know, raised on welfare. So I love doing, um, stuff for the people. And so I was like, okay, let's be people planet pups. And so we tried to do that. But even that was like, if you get the people behind the people, <laughs> then you lose them when you would start, you know, talking about planet. And, um, finally we like, okay, we got to pick one. What is that? And for us, it's pups. <laughs> like it was. Dog adoption was the second event we ever did at the brewery. As I mentioned, you know, Marty and I have a pup, Citra. She's a rescue, and we foster regularly, and we love having dogs in our spaces. And so working with rescue organizations, you know, this buddy. Um, so this is our new core logger, and 1% of the uh, sales are going to go to, right now, the Animal Pad and Second Chance Dog Rescue. Um, yeah, so we're all about giving pups a second chance. That's what I was, that's, that was one of my questions kind of that I wrote down. It was like how much community involvement and how much kind of you, y'all give back to the community, different resources and different opportunities. So like the puppies have always, that's the one thing that I've always like, second chance, yeah. puppies and love and dog. Like, <laughs> yeah. Since like even knowing that. And so, yeah, I, I've always liked that. That's probably one of my favorite things. We've had a couple of cool things um, happen. Um, uh, Veterans Beer Club was founded in our Brewery. Oh, nice. Yeah. Six-year anniversary coming up. Wow, shout out to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they've, they've um, been helping uh, you know, veterans find uh, employment. And um, so, yeah, we, we really struggled with uh, you know, people planet pups because on the one hand, you want to help people find jobs or if they're hungry, getting food, um, homelessness. These are all super important issues. Um, dogs is, is also important. It's more... Um, you know, it's a it's an important issue, and it's a 
uh, but it's something that we, you know, we can't do it all. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so when we, we really, like, what would you say what really drove us to the, to the pups as our, as our defining focus. moment kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, I think it was, you know, I had I had some business coaching and all of them were like, what are you? And I was struggling to articulate it. You know, you have that 11 second elevator pitch, like, what do you do? What are you about? And I would say people playing at pups and they're like, well, that doesn't tell us anything. Um, and then when we started pulling away at like, what has been the thing that's been consistent throughout our whole time? You know, we've, we opened up and did all this stuff for sustainability, but then we kind of would move away from that. And then, you know, with the people part, there's so many ways that that can go. And so, you know, we're really, really philanthropic. You know, in 2018, we gave 3% of sales, uh, donations, event space, cash, beer. That didn't even include beer, actually. Um, and so it's just like, what's the one thing that's been consistent the whole time? And for me, like, Puppies just make me super happy. <laughs> and I love dogs, and I think they're unconditional lovers, which is also, I think, another beautiful thing about them. And there's so many dogs, you know, especially being this close to Mexico, we work with a lot of rescues, um, and we've fostered mostly dogs that have come out of, you know, Tijuana or Ensenada. Um, and so I just thought, like, what a beautiful thing. And I'm an only child, so when we foster, I'm like, look at me, I'm doing a good thing for someone else and of course i want to keep them but we yeah. you know get them forever homes and nice that's pretty cool yeah it's tough yeah we just had one well how what was this the eight eight yeah number eight and uh i always kind of keep a little distance yeah with the dogs I know he does I, not i know they're, <laughs> they're going to leave and i don't want to be like too emotionally attached but uh um yeah you did a good uh you had held, held it together while they left the house and oh, man. Got yeah. Pack, last got Saturday, I know. Like, oh, and then when we a couple the door, drove from Santa Barbara, and I was like, yeah, you know, it's gonna be great. And they had another dog, and Did yeah, and I closed the door. Drove four hours down from Santa Barbara. Wow, yeah. To get this dog, not going to any shelters in Los Angeles. Yeah. Not sure why, but maybe just they, well, they found her because she was London was their their dog, and then. They brought their little dog. They got along, and then she was gone. So that's um. It's a good thing. It's uh, it's important because there's too many, and they provide such good friendship. So many of our, you can see how, uh, from our friends to my mom, they have dogs, and they, you know, it makes you makes you get up off the yeah. couch and take for a walk. Sometimes even when you don't want yeah, to. Yeah, that's right. You, yeah. right. you got to take care of someone they else. Take, yeah, <laughs> and they love you all unconditionally. So it's been a. So we did, buddy. We were. Um, this is an awesome beer, by yeah, the way. Yeah, this is Thank delicious. You. So we were trying. Uh, um, we were, we were really concerned about the name, so we didn't want to infringe on anyone that might have like buddy, oh, bud yeah. in, the, yeah. in their name. Um, <laughs> I'm a lawyer. I can take you. <laughs> She's like, Come for it. Come <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm, I'm on it. And uh, we went very simple on the. Uh, there's not a ton of explanation on there, but it's American Lager. I, I would consider this uh, a modern American lager in that it doesn't have corn or rice in it. It's 100% malt. Okay. Um, I didn't even realize this was a style, but I was just looking at the World Beer Cup uh, style guidelines, and they have a new style called Contemporary American Lager, which is basically 
new age not, lager. Not having a corn, corn, <laughs> yeah. corn or rice. And so, uh, yeah, it's 100% uh, malt, um, you know, noble hops. Um, we treated the water because, you know, San Diego's water is great for IPAs, but it is great for IPAs. It can be a little. But, and we don't have a, you know, we don't have a ton of RO. money. We don't have an RO system. Yeah. Um, do you guys have a? This uh, one, we have an RO. Well, yeah, mm. this one has it, but okay. Chula Vista water is the worst. So, <laughs> really? I mean, yeah, like well, you put it through there, and so we don't have an RO system. So, another thing, you know, we can it's do small is, though, is it's some, not uh, like it. So, <laughs> 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 well, you just do it when you're doing lager, you know, um, <clears throat> boiling the water, boiling the water also is helpful. Um, so we boil our hot liquor tank first, and that helps to break out some of the hardness and the, all the calcium, magnesium salts. And, um, yeah, we use a like a Czech Pilsner yeast on this. Um, I used Mexican lager yeast for a long, long time, but I found this one just to be nicer for what I like. I don't, I don't especially in a, a light lager like this. I don't, I don't want a lot of sulfur. If it was a more aggressive like Pilsner or something uh, along those lines, of, or a Bach beer or something, maybe some some sulfur would be appropriate. But I personally don't care. And in the the, the camaraderie thing we're talking about, I just went to a Sandra Brewers Guild Tap into Knowledge talk about loggers, which had a uh, moderated by Paul Segur and it had uh, Ryan Brooks. Uh, Bagby. Uh, Doug Hasker. Yeah, Bagby. Bagby. Uh, I know. Doug it was Hasker sold out. And, Yay yeah. for the guild. Yeah. <laughs> and Nate from Epic. And, you know, I was right in the front. And even, even though I brewed for, you know, for 20 years professionally, I'm asking questions because, uh, that's how you learn. You got to keep open-minded and and don't think that your way is the the only way, the best way. Oh, I'm so know, proud of you. We're <laughs> it's working. It's working. And uh, but I asked I asked the, the tough questions like I don't I don't want the fluff right. uh, yeah. uh, answers. I'm like I I bore down and be like yeah, but what exact temperature do are you using at this and it's amazing. Brewers will respond you yeah, yeah. When, you, uh, when you ask the right questions. And um, I think we're doing a lot of the, the things uh, right in this. Uh, uh, some of the guys are, uh, you know, Bagby and Doug Hasker. They're old school German lager style where they're taking week, six or eight weeks for a lager. This we got 30 barrels. We got to move <laughs> shit around. This is more of a modern, more of a modern <laughs> contemporary. Uh, contemporary American lager. Um, and really was done in, in 30 days. So wow. it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's move, keep it moving along. And, but also you still want that nice lager taste. You want it to be, um, you know, um, uh, not, not aged is not the right word, but, um, you know, um, developed, pro- you know, the flavors to yeah. develop properly and not rush it too much. But we are not. Jeff told me he doesn't. He, he made a comment that he doesn't put a logger out before eight weeks, and I'm like, well, yeah, that's just bless your yeah. heart. Right. That's just not <laughs> <happening>. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, if same, you can do same it, once again, the difference between brew pub and, yeah. and right. production. production. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this, so, this was good. Yeah, this took this. This was the first release, and we've got two more batches in the tanks because we didn't know what to expect, and it's it's flying. So we basically sold every keg. On nice. the first day, and we're like, oh. But wait, oh, I was like, do we keep any for our tasting rooms? <laughs> we almost did it. We're like, oh, geez. We sold every like, day. That's we're the money. Yeah. That's the people. Yeah, so 
that's been good. So this is our full-time logger, and it's uh, yeah, one percent of sales go to animal pads, second chance dog rescue, and I think we're probably getting to the time. And I didn't want to finish without looking back over the table at you and telling you how much I respect you and what you and your wife have done and bringing, you know, you're still, I think, the only black-owned brewery in San Diego and, um, and just the success that you've had really being present to the community. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm in very much in awe of you. Well, thank you. We still got a little bit of time. Man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm like, we of, could be here so for a few when, hours because I enjoy the company. <laughs> I'll let you know when I give you those flowers over there. <laughs> so, so what do you think the beer industry going like now? I mean, especially after COVID, because a lot of things changed. Uh, I think uh, I, I, I feel like a lot of people move more into distribution. Especially now. Yeah. And so, but you still got that problem where you're trying to get on the shelves competing against these big boys. So, yeah. now what, what do you think the beer industry is, especially in San Diego, when you got what, how many, 160, 168? 153 I don't know, on any given day, and then over 200 when you count every one's tasting, tasting right. rooms. So, um, you know, I think I have access to, you know, Bart Watson <laughs> being on the Brewers Association board and just, um, kind of looking at the, the outlook for craft beer, I think we all have to understand that we're a maturing industry. Like we were, you know, young and cool and kind of the, the David to the big beer Goliath for a long time. And, you know, in San Diego, we've been maturing a while. You know, you can't have this many breweries and not feel the competitive effects, you know. So, um, you know, we've certainly lost some breweries as a result of the pandemic, I think a lot of them were struggling prior. And so, you know, the pandemic, just like, you're like, no, yeah, I'm not going to make it through this. Um, but we still had a net gain. So, you know, we're growing still, um, but I think we're maturing and people are starting to really appreciate that, you know, great beer, I would say not even just good, but great beer is a, minimum of expectations you have to know how to run a good business um and you have to if anything the pandemic has taught us and the great resignation can't like n deny or ignore your culture and your team and um you know really trying to pay as fair of a wage as you as you can when all we're doing is selling six eight nine dollar pints if you're lucky and if you have a kitchen i mean this margins aren't there. The margins aren't there on the kitchen. Right. And, <laughs> and the margins aren't there on the beer when you're right. doing especially high levels of distribution. So, you know, it always pains me as an employment lawyer, especially and someone who deeply, like, really cares about our team. I want to pay them more. I want to pay me more. But, uh, you know, there's very few exceptions to um, kind of being a small business and struggling in this industry. Um, and the ones that are, you know, Selling for a billion dollars or are you know doing super think, well have been those, in a long I think time. Those days is probably number. Yeah, they are. <laughs> that, 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 yeah. that billion dollars end up costing two hundred million later. Yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think that you know you've just got to you know where the industry's going is know what you do, know who your audience is, and just stick to it and do it well and be authentic 
and you know care about your community, and that's the best chance you have. You kind of led me into another question. So, for someone who's looking at listening to the podcast and thinking about still getting into the beer scene and starting a brewery, I mean, I think Marty kind of said touched on a little bit earlier. I mean, what would your advice be to them? I mean, because I see right now you got a lot of breweries that went. We all we like to say it too big, too fast. You know, uh, they come out the gate 70 barrels, but, you know, this is their first brew ever. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and that's because you got a lot of money getting tossed into it. Like, I get a, me and Dolly, we are, it's just us, no investors, but we get investors that walk in all the time just want to give us their money, and it's like, I don't want your money because I got to pay you back. Bless <laughs> you. Right? So, I mean, what, what do you tell, like, these new these people who want to start a brewery and, and grow because I think they should follow their dream. You know, I never want to say no. But what, what advice would you give them? I think ha- not just do a business plan, but have a plan for your brand. And you've got to find a point of differentiation. You know, it took us six plus years. <laughs> and I told my investors, because I have them, uh, you know, about the whole dog angle. I said, give us three to five years. If it's not working, I can shift. But, like, I have been part of the reason that we, you know, because I love, I like doing a lot of things. Like, I want to go here and there, and, you know, and you can't be everything to everybody. So in a market, in an industry this competitive, especially locally, you better say something unique, and you better stick to it and not be anything else. And, again, kudos to you. I think you all have done that really well at Chula Vista, Um you know, and just having a strong brand and building a strong community, I think there's still room for that. There always will be room for that. Um, but there's no doubt that people are still going to come in and throw a lot of money at it. And we know brands out there where, you know, they're the, the St. Archers or, you know, some others that are very likely to sell because that's what a maturing industry is. You know, there's like, okay, we can make money off of this. And who doesn't want to make money? I'm not saying money's right. bad, yeah. right? Because um, then it affords you the ability to pay your teams more and to make more and to have more security or to give more. Um, but, yeah, I just don't think that, you know, I remember when Marty and I first started dating, we would go to new breweries, and I was like, this beer is really bad. And that doesn't happen as much anymore, which I think is a good thing yeah. because yeah, you've got to make great beer. Right. Like you, that's just all there is to you, it. In San Diego, you got to definitely make. I, I will admit, <laughs> our first year, the beer wasn't that great. Uh, but we were still trying to learn the system. I was still trying to figure things out. I was actually still deployed <laughs> half the time, so nobody that's even knew wild. who I was. Uh, but I think the second year, we finally started getting it, getting it together. So I'm very grateful that. But that was due to the community. You know, a lot of people like you guys, uh, Peace of Port uh, was another one. Um, uh, Pretty much everybody who I've been doing a podcast with. Because <laughs> <laughs> you start with right. your beef. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, helped out a lot and kind of told, you know, you, sometimes you got to get that honest gut check. Hey, this beer is, is, is bad. And I think that's what's so great about San Diego because we won't tell you, we'll tell you it's bad, but oh, we're going to yeah. help you fix it. <laughs> like, all right, let's uh, go fix this. Absolutely. And I think, so, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Colby Chandler, I think, was a pioneer in that, you know, like, let's be a community. But that's part of the accountability piece, right? Like, if we're going to hold ourselves to be the capital of craft and, you know, put beer tourism on the map, then we need to all collectively have good quality beer. And Marty and I have disagreement where this is, but I'm like, you know, there are defects. 
and we like to pride ourselves if we've been trained and done Siebel and like off flavors, like we can pick them up. But we're like, I don't know, 31% of the population. So I think taste is highly subjective. Like if I like buttered popcorn, I might not even care. And in fact, I might like the fact that my beer has some diacetyl. You know, so I think that among industry people, we're like all about... <laughs> I know. Look at him. He's like, nah. Like, nah. This is no. being filmed now. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is the same man that didn't want to make our two best-selling beers. Make sure you go disagree. Back up. Shake your head. Because if you rewatch this, I don't want you in a doghouse. I'm like, I know a lot of people who agree with me. Test taste is largely subjective. It is. It really is. And you know, just like what I prefer in the way of color or flowers, um, you know, that's just my preference. Right, well, and so I, I think that gives a lot of room for opportunity. I would I would agree that there are plenty of beers out there that are super successful and sell a lot and don't taste very good. Very true. That's that's that is fine. I, yeah. I mean that's a fact. It's, it's marketing. I mean I, I don't know if you ever had. Well, I don't want to. What does it like? Shush, shush. Uh, the lawyer's beers. like. Shush. But. Uh, um, I uh, disagree somewhat with that because I feel like you don't know, you may not know the deep, what the defect is, but I think you know if, you, uh, if you're not a, a trained uh, taster or have a sensitive palate, you may not uh, uh, care too much about these little minute differences. But I think in the subconsciously, when you have an, uh, a sip and then you're going to have another sip, these uh, 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 a clean, well-made beer is is going to be more palatable. Pleasant, than, absolutely. Uh, than an IPA with that's like loaded with diacetyl. There's going to be a prob. There's going to be when they when they do taste a uh, you know a fresh, clean IPA, it's going to be like whoa. So, like this so I think the it's, IPA. yeah, thank you for the plug, Brian. <laughs> I was going to say, I think everything is relative, right? So that's what's beautiful. Like as people become more educated, become more, um, you know, sophisticated with their drinking or try more, then yes, they, they may not be able to name it or describe it or even consciously pick it up, but they'll be like, you know, they won't want a second one or they won't finish that one, right? Like, I think that's a thing. That's one thing I remember. That's one thing I remember most is one of the very first times that I got a shout out from a brewery was you actually, and yeah. it was one of the uh, I, I can't remember the beer off the top of my head, but it it said blueberries on the side, and oh. you had commented saying like I you know what I like I'm the co-owner and I don't get like blueberries unless it's kind of accompanied with it and I was like. Okay, maybe I'm on the right track then. And like, ever since then, I, I've tried to, like, as a beer drinker and just not like a not a cicerone or anything like that. And I haven't gone through trainings, but it's I try to look for those more delicate flavors that come through. And I credit that to your comment. So thank you. Thank and you. It was very nice to actually see that like someone was reading my post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I I think that. Um, one of the things that I love about beer so much is just how complex it is, but also how simple it can be. And, you know, you can have it on its own. You can have it when it's hot and cold. And you can have beer um, accompanied with food. And you, 
beer with occasions. And um, it just really, like, I'll credit Marty for this one. He always says it's a social lubricant. You know, like, we enjoy being together and, like, opening up and connecting when we have beer. I'm going to have to steal that term. I know. I, I do all the time. And <laughs> occasionally I remember to, yeah, I was like, ooh, social lubricant. That's well, I, I, would, I would be finishing up. I'd see groups come in. And we, we have that a lot at, at Second Chance, and I'm sure you have it here. Uh, people getting off work. And, and uh, you can see that it might be four, it might be six, sometimes ten or twenty. And, uh, yeah, they're... They're out of the office. They're, they're talking about others. They may be finishing up some work, but you can just see like a little bit of relaxation and yeah, uh, and connecting old, and you know the old English pub, uh, you know, a mentality of having like your neighborhood pubs and people gathered and know each other. And I think that's an important thing if someone's going to open now is having the right lo- uh, good look. Yeah, because you guys got two locations, right? Yeah, so we have uh, the brewery and bigger tasting room is in Carmel Mountain Ranch, like North Inland, and then we have the tasting room in North Park. So when is the third one coming? As (laughs) soon as we find the right location and at the right price, because that's the other piece, right? But I do think there's more locations. I know there's more locations in our future um, because, you know, as Marty alluded to, we really love connecting with our community, and you can't do that as well with a can on a shelf, you know. And um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that there's not a possibility that we might end up in Arizona as well. Um, that's someplace we've done really well with distribution, and I've traveled there a lot. And we have our sales director, Bobby, is there, um, and I think that there's you know, opportunity for us, but. I do believe that something else about this industry is like everyone is coming back to home. Home, correct. So even Ballast Point said they're going to be a Southern California regional brewery. Yeah, I think they got rid of the Chicago already. Uh, yeah, they moved it to the former uh, St. Archer, right? So Kings and Convict is yeah, in San Diego. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I but think I think a lot that's of people, important. I mean, even, um, I know they, they're going up for sale, but if you pay attention to even modern times, if somebody do buy it, it's just going to come back to San Diego if it does stay, stay alive. Um, what do you think about uh, this? This is more just my own question because I've got a lot of people coming into the South Bay now. Uh, I feel like they all gravitate towards IB because they're familiar with that type of environment. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I still like the fact that they're coming to the South Bay. So, what do you think about, you know, when you got 100, over 150 breweries and you got this entire, the third largest city? Just sitting right here, just continue to be untapped. Oh, uh, I think that's opportunity. <laughs> right, right. It's opportunity. So, well, yeah. I saw that too. So, but you know, you still got. I mean, you go to IB, and I mean not IB, but uh, North Park, and you got what 40, 50, 50 of those is sitting right there on one block. Well, so. I mean, there's there's something about the community and the you know the synergism and also just the locality, right? We get. I was just actually we're in Arizona. I mentioned distributing, and I met with a couple who have a place in Arizona who are visiting San Diego and we're just walking around in North Park because there's a lot of us there. So that's a plus. Um, But I think that, you know, you, there's so much opportunity for craft beer to be more inclusive, right? And again, hats off to Chula Vista. You guys have done that. Like people want to feel like they're included and craft beer can be for them. And so, all these areas that are, you know, like farther out than San Diego, they still are ripe for breweries to come in 
and not just make whatever they want and shove it in their face, but be part of the community and know what the community wants and likes. And um, I think that that's just, again, part of like maturing as an industry is recognizing you can't keep going after the same consumer. Consumer, right. Yeah, yeah, that's just dumb business. But also, we're going to be so much better if we're more diverse, like more diversity of opinion, more diversity of perspective, of background. And, um, you know, as a female, I remember when Marty and I started dating and we, I would be working at a beer fest and women would come up, give me the lightest thing that you have. And that's not that way anymore. You know, there are women coming to our brewery and people of color, uh, you know, by themselves working or bringing groups. And I just... Um, yeah, that's, that's where my heart is, is really to be a more inclusive community. And I think that has to be the future of craft beer. Yeah, I got a funny story because our strongest beer is 9.3. And the guys always come up to me and ask me a question. Uh, oh, the, all the guys drink this beer. I'm like, no, it's really all the women <laughs> drink the 9.3. I'm like, I don't know why they love it. But <laughs> well, like, because, you know. So maybe they're trying to block you out for about a third <laughs> <laughs> That comes from the other end of the bar. Yeah. <laughs> now, I feel like it's been, on the one hand, I've been seeing, you know, with, uh, not, uh, with the uh, NA beers, like Athletic, really exploding. Oh. Um, you know, that's why we made, you know, Buddy at 4.6%. And, uh, um, you know, people are looking to uh, moderate their uh, alcohol intake uh, um, even more now. But Thank at God. the same time, <laughs> the, I, I am seeing more uh, uh, double IPAs and, yeah. and things that are, that are strong yeah. that are out there, too. So it's like a... Double IPA, yeah. 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 But I feel I'm, like it's almost like what the world is doing, you know, from a kind of like a wealth perspective, too. There's yeah. like the really, really rich, the really, really poor, and we're kind of eliminating the middle right. class. Yeah. But some of our more popular beers are kind of middle of the road. You know, Mulligan, Amber, right? That's one of our best sellers in draft. And, you know, Tabula is, you know, like it has, everything has its occasion, including non-alcoholic, low alcoholic and that's the other piece I think that the industry is going towards is not just especially in San Diego trying to be you know a hot bomb and a palate right. wrecker but I can't drink those anymore <laughs> no I, I, and I don't think many people wanted to drink a lot of them all, all the time and we've always wanted to have an eclectic menu to be able to give anyone who walks in our tasting room Tell me what you like. Absolutely. Right. And we have something for you. Yeah, because we only carry like one or two IPAs. And yeah. then the rest is usually about the middle of the road light. And we just went, uh, took our Blondell and made it even lighter at four, and brought it down to 4.6. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and they've been flying off the shelves even more. Uh, I know. I've been enjoying light lagers lately. That buddy, yeah. Me too. I, I thought it was just me getting old, but <laughs> well, there's part of that right. too. Years tick, and I'm like, oh, right. I'm like, Logger. don't forget us old people. You know, like you want to speak to us as well. Yeah, it's uh, you know seven seven percent IPAs on up. It gets to be, uh, you know, it gets to add up, and um, you know, we actually dropped a, a pale ale from a can or one of our core cans a couple years ago that was five and a half percent. And I still have people asking me, yeah, like when you bringing it back because they want something hoppy, um, but not so strong. And so we've been working on we're working on a low cal IPA, although I hate that term 
I think I would yeah. say it's more low ABV, yeah. which comes yeah. locality. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's funny. We've been doing the same thing. We've been trying to lower. work on the lower ABV for the uh, IPA to bring it to like six something. Maybe we should collaborate. Yeah, I like six and a half percent is, is perfect for me, I think. Which San, I think this, yeah. not to cut you off, but yeah. I feel like San Diego forgot that IPAs could be in the six. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. There's some places <laughs> I walk into and I'm like, is there anything here below 8%? Because otherwise I can only have one. Again, yeah. like not Markets. smart business people. Right. <laughs> it's just how you market it because I'm looking at the pizza pork cans, Ponto. I had one of those recently at a Padres game and it was, you know. It was a day game. We just went last Saturday, and uh, you know, it's. I think it's around four and a half percent, but it's. They call it a session India Pale Ale. The India Pale Ale is the marketing term. That's what. Yeah. Right. yeah, like hazy so, IPA, not really an IPA. Session had kind of. It, I thought it had kind of gone out of favor, and people didn't really understand it. But I, I see them using it still, and um, I think it's a nice, a nice alternative to the. Yeah, it's a little yeah. easier drinking. Low, yeah. low, low cow just doesn't sound good to me. It's like sounds like diet. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. <laughs> diet APA coming to the. But yeah, my, uh, but the session IPAs I think are great. Um, pale ales. What do you think about hazies? We. Um, How long did it take you to make one? <laughs> <laughs> when I found out, it took a, it took my brewers a long time. Yeah. It was pulling teeth. Well, I didn't ladies. understand. Yeah. I didn't really understand the 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 beer style. Uh, you know four or five years ago when we uh, started making them. The first year, probably, I was basically making an IPA that was hazy, which is really not the style. It's really not IPA, per se, in, in the traditional sense. That's not Because um, the whole idea is to not have, a, you know, a, a sharp bitterness and to be soft and, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, have that, uh, you know, fluffy mouthfeel and be right. nice and, and soft and so yeah it took us quite a while and once again I just I just kept my ears open and asked questions and I found more brewers would explain to me like what their malt bill was you know a lot more oat yeah. malt and wheat malt than, than I had ever brewed with and so the more we played around with that um, I think ours have, have gotten nicer and I think they do have their place it's uh, sometimes you want that kind of thick um, rich Jeez. mouthfeel. Sometimes you want a West Coast style that's more you know, clear that's beer. Cl that's clear, clear beer. And, <laughs> and bright and more crisp. Um, just depends, like you know, what you're going for. And one of ours that has really taken off on us is uh, is Fluffy Tangerine Clouds. It's a hazy IPA, but with we use real tangerine juice, and it's um, you know, it's just taking it to the. It started off as just a one-off couple kegs here and yeah. there, and then they were selling so faster than the normal I, hazy. Right. And um, so now we just we kind of so roll, rolled on with that. So with a very inclusive like menu, what, what beer do you kind of like credit you to putting you on the map in San Diego? <clears throat> Is there one? Um, I think, you know, historically. Who pays the bills? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Fistful of Gummies pays okay. the bills. <laughs> <laughs> but I sour. think, you know, sour, yeah. putting us on the map Tabula, yeah. especially when you talk like industry people, I always like bring that to the industry party. And then Mulligan, again, like a bestseller on draft because it's pretty much us and Red Trolley. Yeah. And you want sweet, you want Red Trolley, you want dry, you want us. Dry and rusty. Um, but yeah, Fistful of Gummies is a real fun story. 
because um, that was a silver medal winning uh, base beer for Leonard Weiss, um, slightly sour. And for Brewbees Festival, shout out again to Bagby. Uh, I was like, wait, there's a fan competition? I was like, I want to win it. I want to win it. You have to make a pink beer. And yeah. that's, that's a, that's a uh, we was at that one. And I'm about to tell you, that was nothing. Like, Bagby, like, picked, hand-picked those, like, breweries, I feel like. Because it was, oh, like, absolutely. all the best breweries. So yeah. I was like, this is probably the best it's one the best. I'm proud to be at. <laughs> I know. And that's why you see so many <laughs> right. other owners. Right. And, like, yeah, oh, yeah, the brewers are there. This is this is just not no yeah, ordinary, like, little I know. festival. Like, I know. It's like the, you know, Firestone Walker Invitational of San Diego. Um, but I told Marty, I was like, wait. If we take Sour Patch Kids and put it in the sour, I think we can win. And he was like, candy? I ain't putting candy in my beer. And I kept like, I'm like, come on, babe. Just one keg. Right. <laughs> and then people went like apeshit over yeah, it. I literally soaked a five pounds of Sour Patch Kid okay. candy in a, in a bung-sided keg. And uh, it turned, you know, it's so, you know, obviously a lot of sugar. And, uh, and the beer itself is... Sour, so you have this, this nice sweet and sour balance, and then we started. You know, it started to people started to ask for it. We made more. And pretty soon, we were lining up kegs, and <laughs> and so you know, and it was, you just can't put candy in a, in kegs. And I was gonna say, and to Marty's so got, credit, he he said like, if we're gonna make this, I'm not putting candy. Yeah, like we're gonna it. figure out how to do it without artificial candy right. and flavors. So we duplicate the, the flavors of of what would be in a Sour Patch Kids with the uh, cherry and the raspberry and the lime and the uh, blueberry, and um, it's a it's a trick because it's a uh, you know it's a it's a live beer. It's a, it's a live <laughs> beer. It really needs to be refrigerated at all times. You know, and we don't have a pasteurizer, so we do our best to um, you know filter the beer, get it clear, and minimize any like refermentation that's gonna uh, that could happen. Um, so it's a it's a it's tough for that to be the, the beer that took off. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry for letting you sit there. I'm like, oh, I'm going to in the fridge real quick. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, no, it's yeah, okay no. now. It's, yeah, I was like, we think we've gotten it But now. it's not a simple beer like, a, you know, like an Irish Red or yeah. like our Porter. Um, you know, it's great that our Porter's won four golds at the JBF. It's, a, it's unfortunate that was in a category of beer that's not really, that's not really a big seller. People that not like, in San Diego. Like, like a Porter, yeah. like a Porter. Um, but it's never going to outsell an IPA or or, or fruited sour or uh, hazy. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. one of these days. I'm going to keep pushing. You never it. know. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we we've just been talking about how the industry is changing. You never know. But that is, um, it's it's been, um, you know, it's good to it's good to win uh, medals. Everyone would like to win uh, medals, but really, it comes down to what does that mean? What does that do for you? And it's. Uh, for us, it's more, um, it's, it's been reputation. Um, but it's also, like, the team. Like, it's an acknowledgement of, like, the work that they right. put in to brew consistent, high-quality beer. And I always, like, our brewers generally you, cry yeah, when they win guys, medals. But you guys is well-known throughout the industry. I mean, you could go to any other state and bring up Second Chance, and they go, they've heard about <laughs> I mean, probably because y'all been winning – you know, at GABF, like every yeah, year, like five you know, feel, feel free to give other people a medal every oh, once in a while. Um, but you guys have a good, like you spoke another team. Y'all got a really good team, you know. So when I went by the brewery, you, 
you guys is, you know, I don't think you really brought this up. You're, I think you hinted on it, but you're, you're really big into trying to make your, your brewery very cultural. And and you. I noticed one thing, what I never talked to you about, but you listen to your workers. I remember your worker, you sent the worker to come talk to me, and he started talking to me. And the first thing he was telling me about how you sat down and listened to him and all his, his ideas, and, and you didn't push them forward to follow through with what he wanted to do. And then you, you've been supporting them on that avenue. So can you elaborate on that, on how you work with your team and how you continue to help your team grow, not just in the brewery, but outside the brewery? Yeah, um, so that's incredibly important to me. Like, um, you know, when I was in India, holding up in a cave, I realized, like, my dharma, my purpose in life is to be of service. And, you know, probably the employment law background, like, focuses me on my team. Um, and I just think that the best I can ask for is whatever time you're going to give me, I want to make sure that you get as much out of it as you put in. And so I ask, we have a really unique recruitment process that's uh, blind for three steps. So I don't even know, like one time a woman like came on for a Zoom interview and I was like, what, Sam? I had no idea it was her, you know, the, the whole time. And, um, and I asked my people, where do you want to be in five years? Because it's maybe not with us, but if I can give you experience and exposure and, um, you know, help you build the skill set that you want, you know, we have a couple people who've told me, like, I want to own my brewery or I want to own my own business. And I try to involve them in, like, all the business stuff. I'm like, here's, here's the shit that you have to deal with. You want to find a new place? Here's, like, the real estate negotiation aspect of it. Um, and so I just believe, like, you invest in people, you get back, you reap what you sell. And um, so our team, you know, and also just recognizing this is not, like, something I learned as a lawyer, but I came out, I'm like, I don't know everything. And I want to hire people that do what they do better than I do. And I, then I trust them to do it. And I encourage them to make mistakes and fail. And, um, you know, and we do our best to care about the whole person, too. You know, not just what they're doing when they come in day in and day out. But, you know, making sure that, um, you know, we give them flexibility. Like our head brewer has two little girls and they've struggled with, you know, having child care issues. And I'm like, work from home it's okay, you know, or take a day off. That's okay. okay you know, right. have flexibility. It's well, bringing the work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm yeah. like, he does that, but there's a lot of stuff to get into around our place. I'm like, it's not safe. Right, um, get, 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 get them kid games. Work. <laughs> I know. I know. We're getting some back, but I just think that, you know, um, you invest in people, you trust people, you give them grace, you are vulnerable with them. That's the other thing too that's not in my nature, but the more I open up to my team and, and say like, here's what I'm struggling with, or I'm sorry I did that, and just be open and honest. Um, yeah, we, we've actually done a lot of leadership coaching around like how to build a better team and, and cultivate a community and a culture. And, uh, it's no, paying I, off, I, I think. I, I just want to say personally, I think y'all doing an awesome job. I've yeah. seen it. I got to see it firsthand. So, like, I was kind of thrown back because I think that's how me and Dolly operate. We really try to find out, like, who our employees are, what they likes are, and what do they want to. Because you got to remember, as a, especially people working behind the bar, that's a kind of a rotational type of job, you know, people in and out. But I don't, I think when you leave us, 
I think you still should always look at this as homes that mm -hmm. will be help you grow. And, I, and so when you sent uh, Kimmy, it was Kimmy you sent yeah. to me. When you sent Kimmy to me, you started talking about you. I was like, wow, that's amazing. Because I didn't know that there was another business out there doing just that same thing. But they were very into, like, knowing who their employees was and then, then taking a step into helping them grow. And that's how we end up doing our collaboration, the second collaboration, mm -hmm. uh, with the All I Want. It yep. was by you helping Kimmit kind of pushing him along his dream. So that's amazing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for seeing thank you, that. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I All think right. inside, the, inside the brewery, too, we've, because um, for the first couple of years, I was like, okay, this is the recipe. This is the procedure. Don't, don't deviate. <laughs> you know, because I was you know, scared of screwing up a batch, wasting money. You know, we didn't have any money to waste. And, and um, so Virginia's really uh, pushed me over the last uh, couple years to really open up the brewery more. We have a little one-barrel system as well, and uh, so all of our brewers have been brewing batches on there, um, to, uh, and then we put them on tap. And uh, so that's been really helpful because you need to you need to trial and error as right. a brewer. Um, you know, it's just like cooking something. You you, you got to cook it and then realize what you can do better the next time. Um, so we've been really getting more uh, more involvement from different different uh, uh, people in the brewery, and and so it's been it's been cool because also I it pushes me to not stay in my uh, stuck in my ways and like kind of you know, keep up keep up with the modern uh, brewing uh, trends and and things like that. So well, trend trains all the time. I, I, I don't think I said trend correctly, but the trend. We're going to edit that out. Right. Uh, so what do, what do y'all think about, like, the, the Celsius? Because, you know. Well, we've already Celsius. abandoned Slim Chance, so um, I think that they still will have their place, but especially now where they're dominated by big, wealthy Know, breweries um, or money like but it's just I, hard I think to it's really only three that's really hanging in there yeah. you got truly yep. Sam Adams, white, claw. white claw I don't know who owns that and then you got Budweiser somewhere in the mix of all of yeah. that Seltzer. I don't know what they brand is what's that yeah. Bud Seltzer it's very obvious which was you know kind of risky right because right. I think everyone was trying to disassociate from the brewery um, I think they'll have their place I, you know Zima <laughs> like a lot Zima, of people don't realize it was a thing. <laughs> I, was I like, keep telling and then it you came people, back. <laughs> I keep telling people that. Like I was a kid, I couldn't drink Zima, yeah. but I remember Zima. Like oh, this is Zima, guys. This Zima. is Zima. Yeah. We tried it, and um, we we did it for about two years, uh, making our was called uh, Slim Chance Seltzer, and. Uh, now maybe, we didn't make a. Problem. Maybe y'all should have gave it a different name. Y'all y'all set chance. it up and says oh, yeah. Slim Chance. <laughs> you got a Slim Chance and survive it. <laughs> Well, we <laughs> <laughs> I was like all about can we get it to 105 calories <laughs> yeah it's all about uh, you know five percent 100 105 calories and yeah we uh you know ours had malt in it it was not a, a true pure uh, seltzer um it's kind of I like to think of it as like a craft craft seltzer um but yeah no it's, I think sometimes it's like just do you know sometimes you got to just do what you're good at and right. not, not try to do every trend. I mean, there's yeah. hard teas out there now, and and uh, you know, every, you know, 
hey, I, you know, whatever it, people want to do, if they want to get into alternative uh, things. I think we make good beer. I was like, we're just going to focus. We're just going to focus. First of all, you make awesome beer. That's just good. What we do, and uh, Virginia's been asking me about making an NA beer, and I'm like, you know, we can, we can try and goof around on it, but it's it's a lot of weight. It's a lot of uh, uh, time and effort when other people are already figured it out. Athletic is corner. It's a mixture of it's a mixture of knowledge. Procedures, right. but also some equipment. And yeah, expensive. I was about to say you got to yeah. get some yeah. new equipment gotta for that. And, uh, you have to look into it. I just, I just thought this is not really. I don't think this is what we, we should be doing. But yeah, I just want to, you know, back to what we can offer in our tasting rooms. Like we make craft like fizzy water now because I'm like, we need to have a non-alcoholic option instead yeah. of like pocketing Lacroix. We can make that, <laughs> and yeah. then people can like enjoy themselves and be part of the group that has, is at our brewery. So, um, yeah, I think we we'll, can't stay stagnant. That's the other thing right. about this industry. You've got to continue yeah. to innovate, but innovating in a way that's consistent with who you are and your brand and what you do best, I think, is what a, the advice that I would get to someone trying to live out their dream. Yeah. Well, have, have, uh, other than Fish Full of Gummies, have you, just for you, Marty, have you made a beer that you didn't want to make? Because Virginia forced you to, and then it became popular, and you still make it until this day. Fluffy. <laughs> yeah, the well, other. Oh yeah, the fluffy too. Uh, fluffy tangerine clouds is our hazy IPA, and so when I first started making the the hazies, our goal was to, you know, like I say, I was making a hazy IPA. I, I it had bitterness, and I, I was our first hazy too. Yeah, same, yeah. same. And it was and. Our, our sales guy at the time would come back from the beaches, and he's like, "Yeah, this is just not what what I'm tasting out there. What I'm tasting out there is basically just soft, fruity, hot, you know, and you know, hop hop fruitiness, but um, not the not bitterness. And uh, you know, it took me a while to like wrap my head around it, think, you know, researching, and then the trial and error. And you know, you don't really want to trial and error." On, 30 barrel system too much. Um, and so finally we were uh, playing around with the beer and I was doing uh, um, you know, like a blind taste test to some of our team. And I was doing like, we had used a tangerine puree and I was used, doing different amounts of tangerine puree. And on the end, at the last, uh, it was basically 90% tangerine puree and like a little splash of beer, yeah. which I did as kind of a joke. <laughs> and then as soon as I gave it, they're like, yes, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but this is a glass of ju juice. Juice, right. So if we want to buy juice and then put it in a can, then why, what are we doing? Why are we a, a brewery? So, yeah, I had a hard time with that, getting wrapped around that beer. And so. You, you are not alone. This beer. <laughs> so this beer was, uh, we were always making a hazy IPA, and then we would convert some of it into, into fluffy. But the problem with that is we were using really nice, Expensive hops, you know, like Idaho, Idaho Seven, Mosaic, and all these really beautiful hops. Nice design of hops. And then we're covering them up with juice. Uh, tangerine juice. Um, and so then we finally realized, well, what if we make this beer? It, it had gotten big enough where we could make it on its own. And so now we've played with it. And we've uh, we've manipulated the hops, you know, not so much hop, and allowing the because you don't want that. Because sometimes you're getting that bitterness and the and the pithiness of the of the tangerine. And so it's been a, a challenging beer. I was uh, 
lamenting to Virginia the other day that I really enjoy manipulating the malt, hops, yeast, and water. And sometimes putting fruit in seems like, uh, you know, kind of cheating or not, not really cheating, but just. I, I think when you say and, juice, because I, I think putting fruit, like if you're fruit. actually taking the fruit or you're taking the, you know, oranges, pills, or, I think that's still true to the brewer side creativity. Yeah, but, but there's no way to a, scale it. Yeah, but I think yeah, when you take an actual juice, and that's what I was having a hard time with. It was concentrated juice, of course, but I was having a hard time you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, man, it's just not. I'm sell out. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's one thing if you're doing a little, you know, a couple of barrels and you're going to uh, do, you know, fresh fruit. I don't know how uh, people can do that on a massive They can't. Scale. You can't do it on a massive so scale. Like, so you have right. to scale, yeah. And so we use a mixed, we use juice. We can't do it on a timber. But we also use pure uh, puree. And so once I start thinking of that as, a, as the fifth ingredient with the other, with the malt and hops, um, getting that balance just right and making it like drinkable, not too cloyingly sweet, or um, you know, and keeping them uh, nice. And I, you know, we like dry, we like balance, um, and so I, I feel uh, you know very proud of all of our beers, and um, they're so. There's nothing really that I that those were challenging beers. I and I, I would say I didn't always wanted to brew them but in the end when something like takes off on you and you got to figure out how to do it yeah. right do it right <laughs> exactly <laughs> fast so, right. so i i would say we have a name for uh the hazies that you started off with we call them uh brewer's hazy brewer's <laughs> hazy because it's, it's we're trying to make a real ipa yeah. but yeah, you know, yeah. We, then we like uh, he go hazy. Then we finally have to get over to what the kids really want. I know. <laughs> I know, know your the, consumer. So, right. so I always say you got a brewer's hazy, and then you got what the kids yeah. want. Yeah. Hazy. Yeah. 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 On that, what's your what's your two favorite beer? What's your favorite beers to drink from your brewery and outside? Like if you go to a, a different place, like what's your go to beer to drink? Oh, I feel like every like brewer industry person says this but it depends on the occasion yeah. like what am i in the mood for what have i eaten earlier like what's the temperature am i having it with food whatever um so like for me what's really been interesting is i'm now into loggers and pilsners when i've resisted them for so long you know i would go to denver and have some boost thought yeah. um and that was the slow pour and it's very novel Hello, little girl with the lungs. We are in the brewery. Um, That's open for the public. So I I just think that, you know, when you you continue drinking throughout many years and many styles, you will always want something different, right? Like you get a little bored with things. Doesn't mean you don't revisit them, but so I'm kind of on the Pilsner Lager trail now, so I'm really enjoying our buddy. I love Epigs, like Hoppy Pilsner. Yeah. Mm. Delicious. If I can ever get a Pilsner from Bagby or a lager from Bagby, I'm always on that. I really loved the Hoppy Kolsch, like all I want. That mm. was good. Yeah, that was. And it was like, oh, I can have hops and like a Kolsch beer. Um, and so, you know, Marty is great about always trying our stuff when we're out. And I'm always like, I'm doing R&D. Because <laughs> I would, you know, it's very, not very often that we get out to try other people's beers. So I always like to enjoy whatever and it just depends on what mood i'm in what i pick yeah 
I, I would agree. I, I really enjoy the Buddy Lager, um, and um, we have a we have a um, hoppy uh, Pilsner on the on the uh, schedule for this summer. Um, all the cold IPA has become a, a thing. <laughs> the new, yeah, uh, yeah. A I new think trend. Uh, a new trend right now. I think they just did a collab with that with the uh, with the Carl Strauss and the uh, Sierra mm-hmm. Nevada with yeah. the cold. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and so it's a which is a lager. Uh, it's even yeah. though it's called a cold IPA, it's IPA is still cool. Basically, a lager that's you know allowed to to ferment a little bit warmer and dry hop and um, uh, but it, but yeah that. Um, Lager, Pilsner. I, I've always been attracted to these kind of beers because they're um, a little more delicate. Um, I feel like a, it takes a little more um, skill and patience to make a, a good one. And, um, you know, I can remember for years going to uh, brewers' gatherings, and uh, most of the brewers are, would try the, the Pilsner at a, at a brewery yeah. and not the IPA. And, um, I think that's part of the reason is because you appreciate that kind of um, of uh, skill and, and um, uh, you know commitment to the to the craft. I, I really enjoy our our IPAs. Our, um, you know, if you tried seize the IPA uh, six five six years ago, it was completely different beer. It's it it, it was more old school. It had uh, a lot more hot uh, a lot more malt. Um, uh, so, you know, malt backbone or malt substance there, and over the years, um, I just really enjoyed you know some of the you know uh, you know um, Sculpin of course was the major one, Swami's, uh, Pliny, all these like really dry West Coast IPAs, um, and I just I just loved how those tasted. So this has become more and more dry and wet and West Coast and with, with a really light pale make sure is everyone is anyone enjoying this like I, I feel like I'm just going off on a talking at you <laughs> yeah on all these details of uh of brewing and a couple people would think no 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 yeah you are waiting for me to give the give yeah. the details no you're actually doing good we always try to stay away from negative stuff on this podcast so yeah. uh like if somebody do talk negative we just cut it out yeah we edit it out yeah, I know there's and, enough and trust, of that. Trust we have some people talk some trash about it. <laughs> wow. No, well, yeah, we already stopped ourselves. We already had some well, trash. I started to, I was about to say. <laughs> about, I was going to talk about, like, if you ever had, you know, a Corona out of the glass in a pint glass with no lime. Oh, oh. Just out. oh you could we could air that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I like, thought you yeah, were, it's usually when you're talking about like, like another local brewery. Oh, yeah, like, no. no. I, was just, I forget what we were talking oh, about. Oh, I could talk I was, about another local brewery. I was using that brewery. as an example of like, you know, uh, oh, like a marketing, you know, find your beach and it's got <laughs> so, so much Corona. It's like. Well, they did have Snoop Dogg in the. Uh, that, that's what I was oh, like, gosh. fine. Like, I almost wanted to go get me one too. You like, do? Like, I was like, now they got Snoop me. Snoop told with me to go Snoop. get me a Corona. <laughs> Snoop said, go get me a Corona. <laughs> oh, man. Power of endorsement. It's a totally yep. different thing there. I, um, my understanding is that the beers are brewed at like 8%. You change it? Yeah, the battery's dead on this one. So. That's already recording. We're already. I can cut everything too. You, well, you can keep going. Oh, no, I was just saying. I Marketing power. I, I, I'm not, I, I'm 
not aware of this because I've never worked in a mass, you know, massive brewery like this, but even light beers like Modelo and Corona are brewed at like 8%. And then they're watered down. Watered down, water down yeah. Because even our brewers were like, can we do that? And I'm like, well, <laughs> we could, but we need like, you need to have like sterile, de-aerated water. Yeah. You can't just pump water in. Well, it's, it's funny. Have you ever been to those breweries? Like actually taking a tour, it's amazing. If you drink it, you be like, "Fuck, it's good." But why the why in the world I get what all the shelf is terrible? Well, <laughs> so, yeah, because it's so far away, yeah. and yeah, it hasn't been properly stored or chilled or you know, like yeah, closer to the source the better. Every time I've been to Coors. Oh yeah. Have you ever done a tour at Coors? Coors, yeah. And then you go to the, the bar at the end, and it's like. I would drink that all the time. I know. It's totally different. But it's also, too, so we're big winos. We have 140 bottle wine fridge. (laughs) Whoa, whoa. All right, cool. That's a lot. That's a lot. With only like 20 bottles in it, though. Well, but at one time, we belonged, when we were both making more money, we belonged to 11 wine clubs. Wait, wait, so what you're saying, (laughs) it was full at one point, and you only down to 24. You keep putting in, but you keep taking out. it Right. But I was just going to like members because you go to Sonoma or Napa or something and you go do the wine tasting and then they're like well, if you become a member your purchase today will be especially with the industry, industry. industry discount right. for 30% off and so we're like oh okay well sign us up and give us three bottles we, the next thing you know we were members of like 12 we used to do that yeah. yeah and then we opened the brewery and all this, those bills were coming every month and we're like well we need to cut Cut, cut. <laughs> yeah. We cut down to like two. But my thing about the wineries, which I think also applies to breweries and why it's so important to have your space in your tasting rooms is because like you do these wine tasting experiences. By the way, if you're looking to open a brewery, pay more attention to the wine industry um, because they give you this experience, right? And they take you through like all these tastings and they're pers- like they're individual and personal, right? And then, you know, you like each one more and more and it's the whole like interaction with someone and then you're like god this is delicious you know and you pay a hundred and whatever dollars for a bottle of wine you take it home and you open it and you're like eh. it's not because it's about the ambiance and the experience. experience yeah and so that's why our tasting rooms are so crucial it's not that we're making mediocre wine or beer but it's just that that's part of what makes you love something is the interaction that you have with the people and the environment and the community that you're building and like makes all the difference. Yeah. So what do you think about tasting rooms with breweries? I feel like, I feel like a true brewery tasting room should be like, you know, bare minimum, bare bones. But I feel like now it's getting over the top of a full scale million dollar project. Uh, tasting type rooms. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, what do you, I feel like, but that take away from the experience of actually the beer. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, people only can intake so much at any given time, right, as humans. <laughs> um, and so uh, I do think like a minimalist experience gives people more opportunity to taste and enjoy the beer. Um, but, you know, if you have a ton of money and you really want to create an upscale experience, there's a market for that. There is a brewery that has a tasting room 
and I actually like their beers and like their people, but I went one time and I said, I'll never go back. And I'm a lawyer. Like, I've been in all the, like, highfalutin places you can imagine, but I did not feel comfortable in that tasting room. But there were plenty of people that did, right? So right. it's like, know your audience, pander to them, create the experience that they want. There's still going to be, you know, an opportunity there. But I don't think that's what we want to do. We don't have the money to do it either. <laughs> you know? So it's like just know your audience and know what they want and then create that experience for them. So how do y'all do that? I mean, because y'all are two-head monsters, so you got you to gotta come back with... Marty got to try to brew something he like. Then he got to sleep with somebody that, you know, that wants what she wants. How does that work? Because I'm about to tell you, I, I slept, was gonna say, I slept on the, I, I slept on the couch plenty of night, Marty. <laughs> Let me know. How do I get off the couch? What was the last time catching? <laughs> it was like this weekend. Currently, I'm on the couch. So no wonder your back is right. bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you know, like it's a it's a constant struggle to have like a separation. You know, people always want work life balance, and I'm like, well, work is life first of all but you're just we're all trying to achieve some semblance of like turning it off and like having because if you work all the time you're going to burn out right it's a marathon it's not a sprint and um you know so we used to have rules you know like no business talk after 8 p.m and no that was for marty for me it was like he said no business talk before 7 a.m because i'm a morning person um, so we've tried to have, I'm a bright line rule person. He's not. Um, but now it's more just like, oh, like things are getting tense. Recognizing it. Again, this is like our mindfulness practice and being like, okay, it's time that we stop talking about work. Um, but it's always there. It's our life. Always there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have children. But right. I got two of them. We don't even have that distraction. We talk about our dog. But I'm trying, I've been so trying to get rid of them. Let me know if you want to adopt. I got I'll two of them. I'll babysit. I got two of them up for adoption. <laughs> I love them. I love to come see them on the weekends. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think it's just, you know, you you have to find what works for you, too. Like, we've definitely gone through periods where... Like, the business is all energetic, and we let ourselves just talk and focus all on the business. But, you know, life is... I mean, do y'all find yourself taking a break from the brewery? Like, I need to... Because y'all traveled, got, got engaged in India. Do y'all still travel and say, hey, I'm about to turn the brewery off for a minute? And I travel more than... Marty I'm, I'm talking about together. Yeah, I, I yeah. Know, so I, know Marty, I, I know Marty like it's a long time. Every guy do. Like, oh man, you telling me I could watch my TV show without being interrupted? Oh like, yeah, he like, I was like, he doesn't love his alone time, but he, absolutely, he does like to watch sports, and I do not. So he would better do that alone. Yeah. But we were just in Iceland. Like we went to Reykjavik. Was kind of the first trip, like big trip that we've taken nice. as a couple. Uh, it was six years. And wow, well, I mean, yeah. we went to. Uh, we do some short ones, like we went. Yeah. To, you know, the, the last two years have been difficult, but we did go to Wyoming, visit our friends at uh, Melbourne, and that was that was pretty fun. And that was still in a uh, kind of a non-travel time, you know, not not traditional travel time. Uh, yep. Iceland was cool. Uh, we did that last fall. 
Nice. I'm trying to convince him that we should go to France and Belgium, and I'm going to continue to put it out in the universe because um, yeah, we've got this whole 10-year anniversary coming up. And I'm like, yeah. oh, let's like leave for a proper Who's honeymoon. Who's the planner over here? I take it it's, it's like Virginia. It's a little bit of both. Like, I'm the initiator. Okay. You know, and I'll do the big things, but then Marty, like, gets into researching, like, where we're going to stay and where we're going to eat and, the you know, our honeymoon. Everything. Yeah. Yes. And I'm like, let's just go and, like, we can pick our hotels or find places to stay. We can stay with people. And he's like, babe, that is not practical. Well, <laughs> it's nice to, yeah, I don't want everything planned to the, to the, the minute, but it's nice to know where you're going to What are you going to say? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and as far as, like, food and stuff like that, that's all fun to, to, to wing it. But, uh, no, it's been, we've been, like, hunkered down. For the last couple of years, it's really working, and Virginia's got an opportunity to do a little traveling coming up here in May. And uh, that's like a vacation for you, huh? That's I know. How I, feel. I feel like it works yeah. for both of us. I'm like, like oh, I'm gonna hike the Inca Trail and go stay overnight wow. in the Amazon, and Marty gets to just watch <laughs> as much baseball as he wants without me being like, "What are we gonna do? Like, I'm done yeah. with sports." Well, also, it was an opportunity she had that there was only one. Spot. One spot yeah. available, and you know we're comfortable enough with not having to do every everything. everything yeah, yeah. Now we love we love traveling together. We're good travel uh, partners, um, but you know it's it's good, and we're, our team is much more. Um, God, they can handle it without us. Yeah, they're much more awesome. uh, stable stabilized now, and we, we uh, yeah we can start to think about this kind of stuff. So France, Belgium, France, France, Belgium. Belgium. We got France, Belgium. like champagne, yeah. beer. Champagne, champagne beer. Yeah, oh, oh, that's a fun story, too. So our wedding theme was Champagne Girl, My First Love Meets Beer Boy. Ah. So I'm like, this is the culmination. Ten years, we have Ten to do it. Champagne beer. Yeah. But <laughs> my, wife, my wife just went to uh, Guadalajara mm. for vacation. She left me, me and the boys behind. And uh, it was pretty funny because she got back, and then um, she was like um, – you know, did y'all miss me? And like me and the boys is just standing there, like, mm, yeah. That's <laughs> the answer you're looking for. Here. <laughs> like, you better say yes. Like happy we wife, we, we ate unhealthy, like pizza and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, your liver wants her back. We, we, <laughs> your heart we, wants we her back. We watch a marathon of anime. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that all things in moderation, including like being together, like you need to have some time apart. Like the whole distance makes the heart grow fonder is true. You know, when I travel solo, which I do a fair amount, um, I come home, and I'm always happy to come home, and I'm excited to see him, and I miss, like, what we have together. All but right. it's nice to take a break. Yeah. Nice. It's a challenge because, you know, if you don't work together, you go off to your, to your job, and then you come back at the end of the night, and you can kind of ask, like, how was your day? And what did you could talk about your job. You talk about your job. But because we're going through that all day, um, it's been a, a learning experience to, uh, you know, sometimes I have to have a, make a meeting <laughs> with her in the middle of the day so oh, we, can, well, so can, we I can ask, get caught up. Can I ask you one question? Does yeah. she make you put that meeting on the calendar? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and 
Right, he's like, real. he wants to talk to me, and I'm like, is there a meeting on my calendar? Well, no. Well, because otherwise, we'll go, you know, we'll be at, at the brewery all day, we'll get home, and then at, at you know, 7 or 8 o'clock, I'll be like, so, like, what's going on? And that's not what you want to, you don't want to go through, like, what's going on at 8 o'clock when you're going to try to go to sleep in, in, in a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I have a problem because I, I am like, I don't go by the calendar so much. And so when I have, Artists. when I have thoughts, <laughs> when I have ideas or thoughts, I want to talk about it immediately. Yeah. And so it's hard for me to write it down and say like, like okay, put it in a sauna. In 30 minutes, we need a, <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow at two o'clock, let's talk put about it this in the project. idea I'm having. Um, or maybe not a brilliant idea, but just a, a, here's a, maybe a solution to a problem we're having or I don't know. And, but you don't, you got to try to not bring that up at the moment at nine o'clock at night and um, remember it, have, you know, have a more proper time to talk about it. So that's been a, a big challenge because otherwise you just will never uh, turn your brain off. And never I, I'm sleep. sure you have, right. <laughs> have gone, gone through this. No problem. <laughs> yeah. And so you got to moderate that. Like having the ideas, writing down notes, or you know, uh, you know. Now we have the, the you know the computers in Safe. our pockets, Safe. and we can make uh, make notes and <laughs> yeah. So that's that's been a a, a helpful thing because otherwise, yeah, it'll it'll drive yourself crazy. Yeah, good luck on that. So I'm still trying to figure that one out. Uh, good luck, Marty. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so so I, t- I I got the idea. So you you kind of come up with the good ideas. You are you the executioner? Because that's how that's what me and Dolly relationship is. She I call her the executioner. I'm the good idea guy. You know? I like to believe I have good ideas too, though. Oh, she Dolly has a lot of good ideas, but yeah. you know, I'm, it's I'm, yin and yang. You know, yeah. like it's always and you know, depending on where you put your focus, you see in your partner either the good ideas or the executioner. Right. You know, so, but I do believe that there's something about polarity and difference and complementary skills. That's the only reason that you and Dahlia and me and Marty can stay together, right? Because if we were competing with the same genius ideas with no one to execute, wouldn't happen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it wouldn't happen. So I just think, you know, you don't always have to be the same person and the same energy and the same ideas all the time. But, just appreciating your partner and what they bring to the table and knowing when to back down and say, okay, <laughs> like, you're right, and let's try it because, you know, it may be successful. Well, we've Never also know. gotten to the point where um, our team is coming up with their better ideas. ideas. And um, so we are, don't have to initiate everything and we can be part of the, uh, the process and make sure... It's 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 on our on brand and it and everything feels good about it, but not micromanaging and letting them just you know, run with it. Because um, I'm not, I don't have my finger on the pulse of the twenty-five year old social media. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, so I have to, you know, I'm learning quickly as quickly as possible to uh, stay stay in my lane and, and let people do what they are good at. That's that's the marketing you want, and that's the can you want. Then let's let's do it. I trust right. you. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to do a lot of that. Are you social media? Because I'm not a social media guy either. 
Um, I used to be, and then I was like, this is not good for my mental health. So it I is not. Back. Yeah, 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 it's not. I, can, I can't like tell too much you. Information over. I can't even tell you what we post. Um, so I watch. Yeah, I watch what we post, and you know, like I go and I comment sometimes, but I try to have boundaries. I'm, you know, I'm, by it. the way, I'm banned from like posting or uh, making comments or any, <laughs> even a like. Because I'm not like I log, they took they the login away from me. I'm not kidding. <laughs> oh, we did that with Marty too. Yeah, they took, so I don't even know how to log in. And so. sometimes I don't know our password. Yeah. And I, you know, it may or may not be intentional, but I'm like, wait, did we change our password? And then it'll take them like three days to be like, well, maybe. But sometimes I wonder if we, you and I are missing out on some opportunity because I do see some, like, uh, uh, Paul Segura, Carl say, Strauss, is, comes to my mind. Um, he posts as himself, not as Carl Strauss, but he's on the canning line talking about yeah. this collaboration. And so he, he, he's able to really like bridge that gap between the, the personal and the, the professional posting. I just, uh, I personally just don't, I, I find it uh, tough to stay on top of that. I'm doing other things and I don't think about, oh, let me, get this picture or this video and when he wants right. to do a post it takes us collectively he's like how do you do this how do you do that and i'm like don't do it like that's don't, not don't feel thing. bad marty like, that's me yeah i was like let our sometimes people I think that do could it. be good to just reach people that because it's coming from it's a personal uh you know uh, personal but yeah, is but it, I'm is like, it, how can't we reach people like I'm, this? I'm, about, I'm about to ask y'all a question because y'all practice mindfulness i take it y'all both practice it huh and which is funny because me and my wife practice mindfulness. Ooh, you got to uh, do a meditation retreat together? Feel free. Yeah, yeah I'm all about it. That'd be fun. And I'm, I'm wondering is, is it because you guys practice that, that y'all turn the outside garbage off? I do believe that is absolutely correct. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah. and, and that's why I don't really pay attention to it because it's not. It's garbage in, yeah. garbage out, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. Yeah. So and I, you know, I, for me, it's like, you know, if, if you know me, you should have my number. You could pick up the right. phone and call me and right. email me, and I'm gonna answer yeah. back. And, and we're gonna make plans to get right. together. Exactly. Ultimately. And if you right. don't know me, I probably don't need don't to talk want to you. To. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to know each other. Yeah. yeah so I, I'm. I'm I, it's, it's not that I'm old school. It's just that I like I like to practice mindfulness and it, and it does work. Like I mm-hmm. think about somebody and be like all of a sudden we're in a conversation, you know, text message or yep. phone calling each other Manifest. and then you know and yeah. stuff like that. So I'm wondering if that's part of the process because you you're not spending too much time in the the fake make believe universe. You you kind of like spending it in the now. I was gonna say. Mindfulness for me is about presence. And when I'm looking at other people and what they're doing and imagining what I could be doing or comparing myself, like that's not being present. Like sitting across the table from you two and like having a genuine conversation and just like whatever comes up, comes up. That's, there's nowhere else I am right now and nowhere else I would rather be. And that's called living in life. Right, do you practice it too, Marty? Uh, I do, I, uh, I have to. I'm not as uh, consistent as uh, Virginia is. I'm, I'm, like, I'm into it, and I'm, I fade away a little. And I'm, I'm in and out. She's been uh, really um, good at keeping up the her consistent uh, practice. 
Um, Marty's more of a do y'all movement. Medita- do y'all meditate together? Yeah. I'm, I'm only saying this because I, I'm, I'm asking you the question because me and Dolly can't meditate together. Oh, yeah, we do. We, we, we can sometimes, but like especially at night. Like, I don't like to be touched. I don't like to be like. I need quiet. You mean in bed? Are we talking about meditating no, or sleeping? No, 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 but like next to each other. Like, like Dolly, like if Dolly, if we meditate next to each other, Dolly, you want to sit there and grab my hand and hold it the whole time. Oh, yeah. And, no. then, and then be like, I don't want to hold nobody's hand. No. Okay, yeah, so, I want to be like, in my own hand. Right, you know, like I. I but we do meditate Dolly. together. Yeah. So me and Dolly, like, it's like, I want to be like, so we have a separate way of meditation, and then oh, we have different meditation, which is funny. I think she's converting over to me, but she don't want to admit to it. <laughs> I'm like, where is like, she? She have, would be really fun right. to have here right now. She's supposed to be. I told you I was in a doghouse. I don't even know why right now. But <laughs> Came for beers. Right. And the marriage <laughs> advice, so here we go. I know. Yeah. So, or or so, what not to do, maybe. Yeah, exactly. I, I think she's converting over to me, though, like because I got my little meditation chair and, like, you know what I'm saying? We have a whole room. Yeah. You know, because we've got three bedrooms. Oh, so nice. we have a like, guest room and then we have a meditation yoga room. So we have altars and you don't put your shoes in there. And like the space is kept cleaner than the rest of our house. Like, I believe in um, sanctity and ritual and, you know, just fidelity and practice. And it, you have to do it every day or else. Every day. And, fall and, off the and wagon. multiple times a day. Yep. Uh, yep. A minimum of three. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we practice that. And I, 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 and how do does how does that help you in the brewery? Because for me, and, and I'm asking that question only because sometimes when me and Dolly hit a roadblock, the first thing we say is, you know what? I'm gonna let the universe answer this question. Yeah, I would say that, and um, we both studied with Tony Robbins, and I think sometimes we go back to, I'm sorry, I love you, please forgive me. You know, like whatever the situation is, like we're having a fight. I'm sorry, I love you, please forgive me. And then also just being curious instead of whatever you're telling yourself in your mind, just actually stop, be present, listen to the person and don't let like the residue of whatever you've got going on in your mind cloud what they're trying to say. And then just be open to the universe as signs. And if you just look at them, they're telling you where to go. And if you just accept. What it is, yeah, yeah. That is given. Yeah, even the bad shit. I'm like, everyone bags on the bad shit. But I'm like, you wouldn't know the good shit if it's, you didn't have the contrast of the bad shit. It's a lesson learned. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Their lessons, they're teaching us. They're helping us to be stronger, more resilient. Like, they're all very necessary. All right. Well, I, I love that. You know, this is the first podcast where we ever talked about that. Yay! And, I didn't realize you were a mindfulness practitioner. I, I should have known. I, I'm not. A, I don't know if I like that practitioner. That's like I teach it. <laughs> no, uh, I didn't say a teacher. I said a <laughs> practitioner. It means you but, practice. All right, but um, but I, what I found out in business that a lot of people actually do this in business. But it's hard for people to talk about, especially to someone who asks you the question. And we could tell them all day about the business, but the truthfulness of it all is your mindset. Yeah. And the fact that we right, and, and the fact that we're talking about this, and that's why we want to get. This is probably the first podcast that we really actually got to this portion, because a lot of people don't really think about the fact that you have to be in the right mindset 
to open a business, start a business, see what it is is going to be and be able to, you know, see what the universe is giving you. Because like, like you said, maybe the universe, you have a path, but the universe is telling you, no, this is your path. Right. <laughs> and how do you how do you follow those signs? So how do you listen to the universe to say, you know what, this is what I'm gonna do? I mean, what was it for you guys to do that? Well, I mean, this, uh, and I go back to the, you know, I mentioned the last two years, but you know, going through the pandemic. But even up till then, we were still having business challenges. You know, not knowing if we were going this way or that way or you know what if we were expanding or focusing or should we do 20 new releases a year or four new releases a year and so we were all over the place so i think the pandemic accelerated that where we had to um you know we did take some uh seminars and classes to try to understand where how to um you know, increase our uh, management capabilities and our, our understanding of how how business is working, how people are working. And I know for, for me at least, it's been a lot more like uh, not trying to um, dictate everything that happens and allow um, the people that are good at what they do to, you know, more free reign and let them like run more, you know, run run with an idea more, whether it's a can design or a, a, a beer uh, recipe or a, a different technique that we haven't done before, um, or just like this weekend, just we purged the, the brewery and there's like <laughs> a, a bunch of stuff there that I'm sure I wouldn't have thrown out, but it's, it's gone. And he may never and, know. And, it's and that's gone. why you was not invited, right? <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so yeah, and it's it's not an easy, and I'm no nowhere near, um, you know, good at it yet. I think I'm uh, barely, at, you know, barely adequate at it. Like, try I'm always like a little little bit behind, but I'm getting closer and closer to catching up to the being there. At the, at the well, I, I think the fact that you're there, that's, that's probably the most important thing is being aware of where you're at. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. uh, man, just, I almost want to get emotional over here. I like, know. I'm like, like I'm man, keep talking. I can't Now we've gotten into the good right, stuff. Right, the good yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. so tell me, how is it uh, How is it for you, Virginia, as, as far as that? I mean, because like you said, you know, you got you got Marty where he's at, and me and Dolly's in the same place. We kind of had two different places on our mindfulness too, and sometimes it's funny because we argue about it and we bring it up. I know, isn't that great? You <laughs> yeah. argue about mindfulness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So how is it for you as well? You know, um, I think that when I'm at my best, I just know that we're all doing the best we can with what we have. And that includes like our spiritual mindfulness practice and dharma like path, um, and you know, I, it's not for me to judge. Like you want people to come along with you, and I would say that we both definitely 
developed. And the fact that, you know, Marty went to India with me and he, like, comes and does I, Tony what, Robbins what, what training. What part of India? Uh, Tiruvannamalai. It's okay. like a... Southern India near, uh, you fly into Chennai. Right. And, and a uh, two to five hour drive, depending on uh, we stuff. Went, we, <laughs> were on a, we were on a um, specific uh, group uh, trip that to a, a, a mountain called Arunachala that's known for pilgrimages. And people walk around. Circumambulate. The, the, uh, the, uh, the, the hill, the mountain. It and, looks like uh, Ganesh. It literally does. Like the profile is Ganesh the elephant. Yeah, it's yeah, so it's quite a spectacular. thing. We went with a group of people that you know we had t- you know talks every morning and and we went around the town to different other different uh, teachers. Temples and, so it was, it was and quite a yeah, it's quite an, a great experience. It's um, uh, I think in, it, it incorporating it in and and maybe you could ex- explain this a little bit because. You know, bringing it into practice is, is is important, and I think you've done a great job. You know, Virginia starts every meeting that we have with uh, going around the table and telling everyone says what they're grateful for today, and sometimes it's a specific thing, sometimes it's just wide open, but it does it is, and I even thought like this is kind of corny when we first started doing it, but now it's like every meeting that we start with. Whether it's on Zoom or live or mix, it's usually a mix now because some people can't be there. Um, so start with uh, uh, what everyone's grateful for, and it does. It's you can really feel the shift in the uh, the energy in the room. The yeah, feeling, mm-hmm. yeah, the yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the feeling of the room. Yeah, everyone kind of like, oh yeah, what am I grateful for? Because I have to remind myself too, because I'm, you know, I can focus on the a- anxiety. And the problems, too much, and so remember what we're grateful for: our families, um, you know, our, our team that's doing what they're doing, doing great jobs, and um, not forgetting these kind of things. And, and uh, of course, there's always going to be problems. Things are going to break. You know, uh, things need repair. Things need to be, uh, you know, fixed out out in the, in the in the marketplace or whatever. So. Um, it's important to, to remind ourselves of the, the good stuff that's happening too. That's a good, that's a good one. I'm gonna have yeah. to practice that. I was gonna say uh, because um, I, I'm gonna be honest, I've never done that. Like, um, like me and Dolly sent around a paper the other day where we asked people about about basically about the business, but we was really asking them about them. You know, like what what do you think? What do you, you know, where do you want to go? You know, because now we got 46 people. You know, with wow. yeah, when That's you open up huge. the kitchen, they can change it. Yeah, oh, yeah. So it's like you know, so I can't I can't get in touch with everybody, and but you just taught me something. Like when we do have these meets, I, I'm, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to steal that from you. Please I'm gonna have to open do. it up with so that. I've you know, uh, incorporated it. You know, so I'm on the Brewers Association board, and I chair the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee, and I've even done it. Like in those ranks, we start well, the meeting I, like. What are you grateful you for? You just led into the next segue. Good way, you know. <laughs> um, so, because both of you guys have been very involved in the brewery industry for a long time. Oh. Are we talking about the president of the Brewers Guild? Uh, Marty was president before you, and then you That's took over. That's how I got first lady of SD Beer. That's right, how right. I got my so, Instagram handle. <laughs> yeah, that was a while ago. That was like 
10, 11, 12. Yeah. I took over from Colby, who did it for like 15 years or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. And then when I first got into it, it was, uh, we were just transitioning work to we have a board. And, and, and also um, incorporating Paige as the executive. Which Paige is great. Paige! Uh, Paige, it was just. A I'm, woman. I'm, I'm about to tell you something about Paige. Done, yeah. Sorry to cut y'all off, but no, Paige do. is amazing. Yes. Because I'm not, I'm not, I just figured out how to use Slack just this weekend. <laughs> I'm not kidding. So I couldn't figure out this Slack to save my life. Whatever messages y'all sent, I missed them all. And uh, so, but Paige were all, like Paige knows, like, hey, you need to you send need Tim. Help? I sent Tim direct emails and messages so he could know what's yeah. going on in the world. Yeah. Or yeah. I'm not paying attention. So I was never paying attention to Slack. And, and, I, and one of the things that made me really realize how much Paige, how good she is. Yeah. And she knew I wasn't paying attention to Slack. <laughs> she was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so when I finally got Slack up and working, I could, and I'm like 99 messages. Like, you know, I like. By the way, Slack life. is going to change your life with yeah. 46 employees. Get yeah. on board. I'm like, yeah, Slack I'm like, is really good for us. Yeah. And I'm looking at it like, oh man, I missed the whole lot. <laughs> like, We're like, why they, is it? Does he not care? <laughs> yeah. So I just, I just got hooked. I just got hooked on. I just got it up and ready. Like, yeah. like for yeah. the longest, I, I, you know, I thought I did it right, but my, then I gave it to my son. I'm like, you know what? I'm trying to figure out this Slack thing. Can you, well, and my funny. son, he turned off figured, the notifications. He's yeah, like, you know, whatever, whatever he did, <laughs> it, it all popped up, and I could see back from, you know, last year Slack. <laughs> I did not go welcome. back and read them all. Welcome to the party. Uh, I finally, I finally made it to the party. But you guys, you guys been doing it for a while, and 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 what's great about it that is that, you know, y'all really care about this industry. So and you know, so I want to talk about a little bit about that. How much y'all care about this industry, and that y'all constantly give back to the industry. So, uh, Marty, you started off. You you came after Kobe. And then we're going to get to you because you took over after Marty. It was like a little transition. It was like a, you know, a lot of years. There's a lot of people, I think, yeah, because I was there uh, 2010, 11, 12. Um, I think it was just tough because all of a sudden I was getting emails um, like crazy, trying to do my job, and then I would look at the Brewers Guild emails and – there would be 50 or emails a day. And I'm like, I can't do this. I don't have time for this. Paige was just there, but she was like a full-time Carl Strauss employee and only a part-time executive director. <laughs> and uh, so I was in that kind of transitional period where the board was just being formed. And um, so that way it spreads it out amongst, out, around the county. Uh, around the city, around the county, so more people are involved. Because before that, it was really just, you know, individuals like Colby trying to get things done with a very small group of people. And uh, so then, luckily, um, uh, you know, the board was formed. People started to create committees, and it started to become a real, you know, like a more professionally run organization. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was just the, I just barely was in the the beginning of that, and then I was uh, I was done, and then got into you know uh, working on Second Chance, 
uh, business plan and formation and then uh, moving on from there. So, but uh, Virginia is really good at, uh, you know, she's able to balance that much more easily than me to do her the work that we needed and that she needs to get done in the brewery, but also incorporating the San Diego Brewers Guild or the Brewers Association. Um, you know, she's really well organized so she can have Zoom meeting at 10, and then a live meeting at 11, and then something else at 2, and, you know, yeah. keeps, keeps it moving along. So it's uh, definitely a skill to be involved in so many uh, extracurricular organizations outside of your normal job. So, you know, being on, being on the, I know you're on the board now with the Guild. and uh, I, I feel like I just participate. Uh, right now, uh, but now that I got slack, I think <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I hate to tell you, but there's another one, uh, another app called Asana that we're using, and I'm good at I'm fine with Slack because this Slack's just communicating like messages. But now Asana's got projects, it's much more complicated. I'm still having, I'm still struggling with it. I know our team is using it, and I'm like, I'm a step behind, so I'm. I hate to tell you this, but there's there's another one. It's <laughs> coming. Another one on the horizon. So what about you, Virginia? So when did you become president? Um, so I was president last year um, for the San Diego Brewers Guild, and I had like joined the board, then was asked to be vice president, and that means that I was president, and. Um, I had told Marty, like, early on, my ultimate aspiration was to be part of the Brewers Association board. So I had been part of the California Craft Brewers Association, like, government action committee, and was always involved. I think that's just part of my ethos as a lawyer. And also just, you know, someone whose purpose is to be of service. Like, I want biggest impact. So I thought, like, if I could get onto the Brewers Association board, like, that's impact. Um, and to work with Dr. J. <laughs> that was I, really I was what I wanted to do. To, you just had her at your brewery. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, I was ran for um, the Brewers Association board last year, not really expecting, or two years ago, not expecting that I'd be elected because you normally would have to run three to five years um, to be elected and got elected. And then so I was president of the guild as well as a first-year board member at the BA. And I was like, oh, this is a lot, um, but I just love connecting with people and meeting people and like networking and being able to give back. Um, so I did it, but I also started recognizing that I needed to say no more. That's part of that like mindfulness thing is like I can't be everything to everybody and you know I am spreading myself too thin and not giving my team and my own company what. I need to right now in this time when there's so much going on with the pandemic and we're struggling. So, um, you know, now I'm president emeritus of, emeritus of the guild, but I'm also, I sound like I'm contradicting myself because I'm like, oh, and then I became the chair of the DEI committee of the Brewers Association. But um, that's where my passion is, is into being more inclusive and creating more opportunity and inviting more people into the industry. And so... That's where my current path is. Right, but you let's track back, track a little bit back. But you had Dr. J at your brewery. 
to yeah. speak. How did I? I was supposed to be in there. Uh, I did not make it. I'm going to see Dr. J coming up. Are, are you guys going to be uh, no. at CBC? I'm going to be at CBC. Our head brewer is going to be at CBC. Marty's staying behind Marty going to take time. a vacation? Yeah. Yeah. Nice, <laughs> Marty, nice. Like your move. Yeah, yeah so I was supposed to meet Dr. J out there. Uh, so how was it? I, I ne- we, now, me and Dr. J spent plenty of time on Zoom calls together, but I never met her in person. So how was that? Um, so the only reason I accepted the ask, she, was, she personally asked me to be the chair of the DEI committee, and I thought, I have to work and be around this woman. Like, she is such an amazing force, and she is just, like, super smart, like, way smarter than most people I've ever met, and she cares so deeply about this community. Um, like, I don't know, she, like, her Dharma path is to be in craft beer. But I remember the first time I met her was probably, like, six years ago at a CBC, and I heard her talk, and I walked up to her, and I was like, hi. You know, I was all fangirled out, and then, you know, we kept intersecting because we care so much about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And then when I got elected to the board, she was like, hey, can you co-chair of the DI committee. I'm like, whatever Dr. J asks, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so she was in town for the California Craft Brewers Association conference, and we had just come off of a, a BA DEI committee summit in Charlotte and had really great success just setting up opportunities to meet with the DEI advocates within Charlotte. Um, Eugenia. Black beer chick, love her. Um, and that was just such a great opportunity to connect with the community and people who aren't necessarily in the Brewers Association and say, like, what do we need to do better as an industry and as a community? And so we were like, we're going to do that here in San Diego because, you know, I started the DEI committee for the Guild here locally, and I was like, let's just invite some people and get together and hang out. Have beers. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, maybe we can all get together and have We will. I was like, Minneapolis, yeah, I'm going to send you some invites. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's so going to happen. I think Wednesday might, looking at her schedule, Wednesday might be the best day, Wednesday or Thursday. Like, mm-hmm. uh, all right. So, you know what? I think we almost coming to a close. So, I, I, I wanted to ask you guys. Yep, they're going to beat. Uh, did you guys have anything that y'all wanted to put out? You know, well, first of all, let's let's – Let's backtrack a little bit. You know, Virginia already saw her flowers. <laughs> but, you know, part of the thing is we always want to get a, the, the flowers to those who, you know, who come on the podcast, who done so much for the industry. And, you know, you, you like I said, y'all a power couple and y'all very amazing people. And not only do y'all get back to the industry, but, you know, you get back to the people that come in to, to purchase your beer. You get back in any and every way possible. So we wanted to make sure you get your flowers while you're here. And so we got those rare flowers over in the corner. That's for you to take. They have not to stay here. <laughs> Marty somewhere and all that, you got flowers too, you know. Uh, but that, that's our way of saying thank you guys for coming and uh, keep doing an amazing job. Like I said, you guys, for one of us, me and Dolly, y'all are one of our personal favorite breweries that we go to. 
Um, and, and while it is a long drive, we like to make, and, and, and I know you always tell us, let us know when we come, but we don't do it because we like to just go in and enjoy. We don't want to go in there and be like, oh, we're the owners of Chula Vista Brewery. We but we go just want to spend time with you. We so want to go in there it. like, you know, it's, it's hard going someplace where people don't recognize you. And just oh, have a drink. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Sometimes you just want to go where nobody right. knows your name. You know, and, yeah. and have good beer. You know, yeah. I'm not, I yeah, mean, yeah. amazing beer. And that's what that what Second Chance always provided for us. So we wanted to thank you, and we have those flowers over there for you. So thank you both. Yeah. And as someone who very appreciates inclusivity and the inclusion, I love that aspect. I appreciate the aspect. So yeah, definitely. Love to see it keep growing, and hopefully it, it spawns off from your positivity and from what you've built and grown from there. So, yeah, thank you again for your time, both of you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Uh -huh. Don't make us cry. Don't make me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it takes one to see one, right? Like, I think that um, ultimately the universe is about the law of attraction, and um, to be seen for the contributions that you make is a very rare and beautiful thing. And thank you for giving that to us today. Thank you. And do y'all have any, like, uh, what can we find you guys? Instagram, Facebook? At Second Chance Beer. Uh, we don't really Twitter, but it's at 2 Indie if you do. <laughs> we don't uh, do either. <laughs> yeah, we're mostly active on, uh, you know, Instagram and Facebook and then on our website, secondchancebeer.com. All right. Yeah. Nice, nice. And uh, obviously, you know, we got Chula Vista Brewery, but you can find us at Brewer's Voice. Uh, make sure you check us out. Yeah. And once again, we want to thank you both yes, for joining so us much. on this podcast. So yeah. thank you. All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Again, you can follow us at Brewer's Voice. Find us at podcasts from Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, all that fun stuff. And we will catch you on the next episode. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys.